Welcome to the Business and Personal Development Podcast with Chris Haroon, where you'll find tips on how to take your career to the next level. Good morning and welcome to our 165th weekly webcast. We're in our fourth year of doing this. If this is the first time you join us, welcome. If you've been with us before, welcome back. So the way this call works is this is an AMA. You can ask me anything. You can ask me business questions. You can ask me career questions, personal questions, anything you want. And I humbly want to help you in any way I possibly can. Now, I have a special event uh, tomorrow, uh, December 10th uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, and it's an event called How to Sell Anything. I'll teach you how to sell a product, a service, yourself. Get informational meetings so you can get what you want in your career or you want to close a sale. I'll teach you all the tricks I got. Yeah, yeah. I'm an old man. I've been around for a while, so I can teach you all my best tricks. Now, if you want to attend the event, uh, what you can do is, let me just clear the bottom of my, my screen here. Just go to, go to, um, uh, go to this website here, haroonventures.com slash sell anything. Here we go. Okay. And there's no registration required. Um, all you do is you just click right here, which will take you to the YouTube video. That's going to be live tomorrow when I teach you how to sell anything. Yeah. Um, also, if you're interested in our uh, third one-year gold and platinum program, which, which starts on January 10th um, in 32 days, click this link here, if you're interested, that is. Yeah, yeah. And for tomorrow's uh, web class, uh, I also have a number of workbooks that we're going to go through, a lot of exercises with the goal of helping you sell much, much better. All right, let me get to full screen mode here, and I'll leave this on the bottom here as well. Oh, one more thing I want to mention, actually. Hold on a second. Um, if you're interested um, in my MBA program um, and uh, you're not sure if you want to do the gold or platinum version, uh, you can book a one-on-one -on -one call with me as well. They're short 10-minute calls. Uh, but again, only if you're interested in buying gold or platinum and you have additional questions, you can click right here uh, to set up a, a meeting with me. Um, yeah. And so I got a bunch of meetings tomorrow um, as well as um, uh, the 20th, 21st, and then early next year as well. Yeah. This is This is vacation time for me here. Yeah. All right. Let me get back to full screen here and get your questions. All right, cool. So first up, I got Michael Young. Michael, how are you? Uh, so Michael wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Um, uh, Salamat pagi, which is good morning in Indonesian. Good morning to you uh, as, as well. And I taught a course called the A Complete YouTube Course with Sasha Stevenson, who I think is the number one or number two YouTuber now uh, in Indonesia. Um, so check it out if you're interested. Yeah, uh, good morning to you as well. And Michael wrote, uh, wish me luck. I'm having an interview on next Tuesday at one of Indonesia's biggest banks as an IT trainee. Excellent. Well, best of luck to you. Best of luck. And if you want, join me tomorrow because what I'm doing tomorrow is I'm teaching how to sell anything, uh, including uh, how to sell yourself in an interview. And, and I promise you my methodologies work. They work, yeah. Um, and, and send me a message to support at haroonventures.com and I'll give you my um, my complete job course for free as well. And if you want, Michael, what I can do is I can actually um, interview you right here over Zoom if you want. Um, it'll be kind of like an informational meeting um, if you want. Yeah. But best of luck to you. Okay. Next up, I got Nick. Nick, how, how are you? Let me just get rid of my propaganda on the screen. There we go. Smaller propaganda. 
Uh, next up, I've got uh, Nick who wrote, hey, Chris, quick question. Um, what do you think uh, of the smart assistants? Uh, which is better, Google or A-L-E-X-A? I have, I've got her in my office here. Uh, do you believe in uh, uh, the spying conspiracy stuff? Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I think Google is a very ethical company, and I think um, I think Apple is too with with, with Siri, um, Amazon. There's so many checks and balances in place. I don't think they're doing anything nefarious, to be honest. Um, but I, I absolutely love them. Um, so I use uh, Alexa all the time. So um, when I'm getting ready in the morning, this is what I do. Uh, Alexa, what's today's Wall Street Journal news? From the Wall Street Journal. So it runs through. Here's your morning brief for Thursday, December 9th. Alexa, stop. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Uh, I have uh, ALEXA as well uh, to read me my books, uh, to set up my appointments. Uh, I have SIRI. I have to spell it out or she'll talk uh, to actually uh, uh, read me my texts and all that stuff. I think they're great. I think they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the spying stuff, I'm not a conspiracy guy. But I, but I have heard people say that. I'm a little bit more worried about uh, people hacking into these things and using cameras. Yeah. But, but I have confidence in Apple's security. I do. And Apple's privacy measures that they threw into their latest iOS operating system. Uh, that there aren't many security issues that are going to get to us. I, I, I trust Apple. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that a lot of... Uh, tech companies missed earnings because Apple cracked down on privacy issues too. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, next up, uh, and I don't believe in, in hiring an assistant. Um, I, I've always done my, my own uh, meetings myself. I use Calendly. I use software process automation for everything. Yeah. Okay. Ne next up, uh, I've got uh, Hashem who wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, hey, man. Uh, do you have any tips on how I could ask someone for a recommendation letter? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of times um, people are somewhat lazy to write these things. Um, so what I would do is I preface it with this. I, I would say, um, I, I would ask them, please, if you have time, can you please write me a recommendation letter? I can draft an outline for you and you can make your changes if, if you want to. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. And ask them in person as well, if you can, rather than over email. Yeah, do it in person. It's harder for them to say no. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I write recommendation letters for, for my students after they graduate from my program. I'll, I'll show you. Um, so uh, if, if we go to, to LinkedIn here, and it's a pleasure to write people um, uh, uh, recommendations too. Um, so if we go here to uh, Dion, uh, Dr. Dion Vernon, who's one, one of my students, actually my, my MBA program. Um, and... By the way, you have to get like 10 or 15 uh, recommendations written on your LinkedIn profile if you want to massively increase the chance of you getting a job. And I'll show you a, a, a quick little uh, preview here of what it looks like. So if I, if I go down here to, um, uh, here it is here, received. Here we go. They're easy to write, right? And LinkedIn recommendations are, are much easier because they're usually pretty shorter than, than a full a recommendation uh, letter. Yeah. Um, now, I want to show you um, how recommendations can help you raise money or get a job. Okay. So there's this guy named Mohit Aaron. Great guy. And he is the, um, the founder and CEO of a company called Cohesity. 
So Sequoia led the Series A. In my previous firm, we led the Series B, and I, I was on the board till I left to start this company. And when I was doing due diligence on, on Mohit, um, when we were deciding whether or not to invest, um, I looked at his profile, of course, but what was most impressive to me was all the recommendations he has here. Okay, So he had tons of recommendations, and, and we invested back in, it was 2015, so he had about 20 at that point. Um, and it doesn't cost you anything to get these recommendations. And if you're not sure if you can ask your boss or if you've never worked before, you can ask your teacher or you can ask your classmates or your coworkers even, I promise you. Um, if you don't, this is an easy way to humbly brag about yourself because other people are bragging on, on your part. But if you don't remind people of your accomplishments um, through recommendations like that on LinkedIn, then they'll never know. Yeah. All right, give me a second. All right. Uh, next up, um, I've got uh, Marios. I wrote, hello, Chris. Uh, nice to be here. Welcome. Great to see you. I've got Jared, and my, my brother-in-law's name is Jared as well. My little sister Elizabeth met uh, this wonderful man named Jared uh, who runs this, this rehab center uh, down in Louisiana. He's a rock star. He's great. Okay. Um, so Jared wrote here, um, what, what can you tell us about how to start uh, an app? Yeah. Um, so I think the best thing to do is to take courses uh, from Dr. Angela Yu. Um, she's probably the, the best teacher on the internet right now. She's amazing. Um, her ratings are insanely high. Amazing. And I met her too. She's awesome. She's dope. So if you go to udemy.com and you do a search uh, for Angela Yu, and she used to be a, a doctor uh, in, in the United Kingdom, and, and she figured out she's more passionate about teaching, and she's great at this, yeah. All right, um, and so uh, it's just a matter of time until she has more students than anybody. I promise you, it's going to happen. Um, but go right here, and she has a, a course on how to create apps, okay? And look at these ratings. I'm telling you, like, there's there's no way, no way I, I can ever get ratings these high. I don't know how she does it, right? She's thorough. She's funny as well. Um, so uh, take this course. Uh, I promise you it's it's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, even if you have no tech experience at all, uh, she explains everything from scratch and makes it fun as well. So that's what I would do. I would check it out. And if you don't have time to do that uh, and you just want um, somebody to create kind of a wireframe diagram uh, of what an app might look like, uh, you can always go to fiverr.com. Okay. And, and somebody can make an app for you on the cheap here. Um, so you just type uh, iOS app. And they start, supposed to start at five bucks. Uh, but now it's, oh, it's starting at 490 now. Yeah, yeah. It's called fiverr.com because you're supposed to pay five bucks for, for stuff here, but clearly they've raised the prices. And I visited this company's headquarters in Tel Aviv before. They're, they're great. Yeah. But what I would do is find people that have at least 100 uh, ratings um, and, and then click uh, on, their, on their, the product here that they're trying to sell. Uh, and then just try to get them to create an iOS app for you. Or what you can do is you can get a much cheaper, uh, just a wireframe outline uh, of what your app might look like. Do a search on wireframe here. You'll find somebody that will do it for you. You can even go to upwork.com, but that's more expensive. Yeah. But start with Angela Yu. She's great. Okay. And my, my air conditioning broke down here, so I got the I got the windows open. Yeah. It's tough for all these, these bright lights too. Eh? It gets, gets kind of hot in here. All right. Uh, and by the way, in, in tomorrow's webcast, what I'm going to do is I'm also going to teach you how to sell over Zoom, uh, how to sell, set up a perfect Zoom call, um, cosmetics to use and, and everything as well. And 
when it comes to cosmetics, um, a lot of guys are like, I don't get it, Chris. What, why, why do guys wear cosmetics? Well, you have to if it's if it, you got really bright lights. And in all the movies, they do this as well in television shows. So the sec before somebody goes on the air and they're interviewing television, and I've, I've done it before, they come up to you and they put powder on you. So you order this this, this powder here and it stops you from, from shining. Yeah. I've put lots on my nose because I've got the biggest nose ever. Eh? Yeah. So uh, I use this as well as when it comes to Zoom as well. Um, what I do is, is I use this sometimes if I didn't get much sleep. I didn't sleep much last night, but it's all good. I love what I do. Uh, this is called um, uh, L'Oreal Men's Expert uh, uh, Hydra Energetic. And it's got caffeine in it. You put it under your eyes, it gets rid of your bags. Yeah. You should have seen me 10 minutes ago before I put this on. The last thing I want, I want to recommend is if you sound like you're, um, if you sound tired or you lose your voice, you can get a product called Vocal Zone especially before you go to an interview um, or, or you're about to do a Zoom meeting and, and you're not feeling that great. Maybe you're losing your voice a bit, which happens to me. You can try this product. It, it works a lot. And in tomorrow's event, I'm going to teach you tons more, tip, ton more tips uh, on, on how to create uh, an amazing presence uh, in a Zoom meeting uh, to impress the person that you're meeting with because you never get that second chance to make a great first impression. Okay. All right. Let me get rid of that. All right, next. Oh, Andrew, how are you? Uh, Andrew Dupree, great to see you, brother. So Andrew is from California. Uh, he lives in Toronto uh, with his family. His son is the number one basketball prospect now in Canada. Uh, and uh, great guy. He was actually my first student in my MBA program, uh, which I started a couple of years ago. And we're starting our third year. It's hard to believe. And if you guys are interested in learning more, go, go here as well, that, that web address. Great to see you, brother. Great to see you. Um, and Andrew wrote, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And then you wrote, will tomorrow's video be accessible later? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it up there. I leave almost everything up um, uh, forever. So you can, you can always watch it. And if the link, link doesn't work, just let me know. Thanks. All right. Great to see you, man. I hope your business plan's going well, too. Okay, uh, next up, Azorolina wrote, uh, good morning, Chris uh, from Ontario, Canada. Uh, how is Project Magoo doing? Good morning to you as well. Uh, I'm a, a 905er. That's my area code. I'm from Mississauga, Ontario, uh, which has a bigger population than San Francisco. Most people don't realize that. Uh, so Project Magoo, it, it's going well. It's going well. Um, so I'll, I'll show you what, what we've done so far. So if I go to Project, I just got off of Chrome because Chrome is a disaster, man. Uh, Google Chrome, they, they, there's if you do Control-Delete, uh, on Windows or you go to Activity Monitor on a Mac and you're using Chrome, you'll see that uh, there's tons of little uh, applications called Google Chrome Helper that slow your computer down a lot. So I'm, I'm using Safari now. Yeah. So so I went there this, this past summer uh, with, with my son. Um, we had so much fun to meet with Vital, uh, who is uh, one of my students. I met him at a Udemy conference back in 2019 when I met Angela Yu as well. Um, and so um, we, we purchased the land. Um, so I, I I donated money, whatever, and I, a lot of my proceeds from my, my courses, my MBA program go towards charitable stuff like this. Uh, so we bought the land from eight different families. Uh, and, and, and Vital, who's right here, here he is here. I met him at a Udemy event in Berlin a couple of years ago. Um, what he's been doing is he's been coaching uh, the families that we bought the eight plots of land from uh, on how to manage their money. Um, he's very worried that they might spend it on, on a, a big car or, or something that, that won't go up in value. So he's teaching them how to invest. 
Uh, so we bought the eight uh, the eight pieces of, of land. We're putting it together right here. Uh, it's kind of tough to see, but that's Vital's house he grew up in, uh, um, and, and we bought that as, as well. Yeah, uh, and so it, it, it's going well. It's going well, and that's my son Andrew. <laughs> he had the kids laughing so hard because he, he was showing them uh, Snapchat filters. Yeah, uh, so we bought that. We bought the land. Uh, we we we've started digging. Uh, we're building the first building now. Hopefully, we'll have it ready soon. Um, I really hope that that this new COVID outbreak, uh, which apparently started in Botswana and spread to South Africa and other African countries and all over the world now, I, I really hope that it doesn't um, slow down our, our performance here. Yeah. yeah, but it's taking a bit longer than I thought because of COVID. Even when I went there the, this summer, there were so many COVID checks I had to go through. But we we it, it's they're working on it now. We we took the first dig here as well. So. Uh, and then next year, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a school with uh, Marin Koros, who's one of my uh, amazing uh, MBA students um, in, in Kenya, in honor of her, of her late mother, um, who's who's looking down upon her, smiling from heaven, of course. Um, and, and then I've got a Nigeria the year after that uh, with Keme Tade, who's uh, one of my other amazing uh, MBA students. Um, and and uh, she, she graduates this year. So she lives in Ontario as well. She's actually uh, in Ottawa now. Um, she's from Nigeria, originally moved to the UK. Now she lives in Ottawa. Uh, she's amazing. And it's unbelievable what she's done because she's kind of reinvented herself um, to be a, a venture capitalist. And and Y Combinator has reached out to her as well uh, as, as other uh, incubation and venture capital firms to have her present to teach uh, the startups uh, on how to raise money and run their companies. And if you're curious about learning more, you can go right here uh, and watch a presentation uh, that, that that she was in. It, it was ju just incredible. She she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. All my students are amazing. Okay. All right. And Andrew wrote, uh, "What products are the most uh, are the best to sell today?" Yeah. Um, I think the best thing you can sell or the best company you can start is is anything that you can scale quickly to the extent that there's no inventory. And so the best companies in the world, uh, the ones I love to invest in, have invested in in my, my entire life, are platforms. Okay, so um, if, if you create a platform company and you own the road, you can charge the cars. Uh, and so Airbnb, of course, is a platform. They don't own a single hotel. Uber is a platform. They don't own a single taxi. Facebook is a platform, of course, uh, they don't create any content themselves, right? So I think creating any sort of platform-based business uh, where your customers populate the platform and you can charge them longer term works, yeah. But but the key is to create a, a company where it doesn't cost you anything to make the product. Um, that's why I love to teach online because it's infinitely scalable. Okay, um, uh, next up, uh, Lionel uh, wrote, good morning, good morning to you too as well. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Alex uh, wrote here, uh, Chris, uh, what is the brand of the chair you had? Uh, I need to find one that I can sit uh, for long hours. Thanks, yeah. So I had, um, it, it's a Herman Miller chair. And um, I, I don't have a chair in my office anymore. And, and the reason I don't is because uh, earlier this year, um, I got a couple people commenting uh, that, that I sound tired. Uh, and so I thought to myself, I have to reinvent myself. I got to create Chris 2.0. Um, so what I did was I got rid of my chair. There's no chair in my office, but it was a Herman Miller, which, which are the best. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're great. They're great. Um, but what I do now is, is I actually, um, I, I get 
at least 20,000 steps um, in this room every single day while I'm working. And I'll turn on my, my, my treadmill right now just to show you show you what it's like. Um, and I've got this desk, um, which is amazing. I just got this new one. It's eight feet wide. It's huge, yeah. And it's great because when I teach, I use a lot of props. And so I have tons of props here uh, as well. I was teaching about statistics and normal probability recently. So I use this prop here. Um, but but I walk while, while I work. And, and I know it sounds kind of out there, um, but um, it really helps me to focus. Um, and, you know, the, the best time of day to do work or to study is usually the morning when you first wake up. But I find that uh, throughout the day, we, we tend to fade and we're not as productive. Like if you try to study for eight hours uh, at night, it doesn't work and it's less productive than one hour in the morning. And so when you're exercising while you're studying or while, while you're working, what happens is you, you get a lot of oxygen, your heart, and, and you're, you can think much clearer, and it feels like you just woke up all day long. And so that's how I humbly feel like I put in five days of work in a single day, just by, by doing this. Yeah, so I've got the cheapest treadmill on the market. Um, it's cheap because there's no bars around, it's just on, on the ground here, but this is how I get my steps in. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And I think I've gotten about 15 million steps on this, this, this stepper here thing too, over the past two years. Alexa, what's 20,000 times 365 times two? 20,000 times 365 times two is 14.6 million. Yeah, a lot of steps. So at least 20,000 steps uh, every single day here, uh, which helps me a lot. What I also find uh, helps, and I do this during my meetings as well. I, I, I walk, it's just what I do. And I learned from Steve Jobs, actually, because um, he used to go for a walk every day at 1 p.m. And he'd go by himself. Sometimes he'd go with his best friend, Larry Ellison, the founder of Oracle. And what he found is that while he was walking, he was able to come up with incredible new ideas because you're releasing endorphins as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I find that helps a lot. Yeah. All right. All right, give me one second here. All right, uh, uh, next up, um, <clears throat> uh, questions from uh, PV. Hey, PV, first time I've seen you here. Welcome, I hope you join us again. So PV wrote, uh, hello, sir, call me Chris, please. Uh, I'm Peru, uh, Verma, uh, and I'm 14 years old. Oh, great, I've never had somebody that, this young on, on the call, but welcome, I hope you join us again. Uh, I've got a 15-year-old son uh, named, named Matthew. So you wrote, I'm 14 years old, uh, and I've got an idea to make an elect to make a, an electric, which would work for 20 to 30 years without charging. But I'm from middle class family. Uh, can you please help me find investment for it? Yeah, yeah. Tell you what. Um, what I'll do is this: send me an email to support at harunventures.com, um, and what I'll do is I'll give you. Um, my business plan course for free. Um, and it's, I think it's like eight or nine hours long. And it'll walk you through how to create a business plan from scratch, even if you have no finance experience. Uh, and what you can do is every week you can ask me questions here on, on this live webcast. I'm happy to humbly help as, as much as I can. Yeah. But with within that course, there's, um, there's 50 templates for a business plan. I teach everything from scratch too. Um, and there's also 25 templates uh, of a 10-page presentation to give to investors to raise money. 
And it's a lot easier than you think because uh, on those 10 slides, all you need to have are three bullet points. You know, less is more. Um, so if you want, what you can do is send me that email to support at haroonventures.com. Uh, take the course, um, write the business plan the best you can, uh, and then uh, ask me questions every week here and, and, and I'll help you for free forever. Yeah. I love it though. I love it. And it's good for the environment, what you're doing as well. Yeah. My first company, I think I was around your age, I was a bit younger, uh, was I would, uh, I would enlarge baseball cards and hockey cards um, into big, big posters like this. And I'd sell them for $10 each. I color photocopy them. Yeah. Um, that, that's a copyright issue, but I lived in Canada then. I was protected under the Young Offenders Act. They can't, they can't get me. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, next up, um, uh, Lionel wrote, Chris, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on my IPO? Yeah, let, let me know which, which IPO you're talking about uh, in general. I get a lot of questions about SPACs uh, versus IPOs as well. And if you're curious about uh, any business topic, uh, you can always go to, uh, uh, to my, my website, which is you know, haroonneducation.com. And up here in the top, um, what you can do is you just type up anything, like for example, SPAC. And I've answered more than 10,000 questions on the air in the past couple of years, including Q&A sessions with my MBA students where I've done hundreds of hours. And so if you search on anything here, um, you'll, you'll see my thoughts on SPACs, for example. Uh, if you type in for something else, like what is an income statement? I think I have an answer for almost everything now. Yeah, um, you can scroll down and find out how an income statement works, etc. And you can click here if you're interested in learning more about uh, the income statement by by taking my my MBA program. And if you've already signed up for my MBA program, you just click here and it takes you directly to um, uh, it takes you directly to that part in the curriculum where I talked about that. Yeah, uh, but I'm happy to do a. a, a a quick discussion of IPOs if you want to in general. So um, I participated in the Facebook IPO years ago. Um, and before you, and, and in my venture capital firm, I had an investment in Facebook as well. But before you invest in any IPO, I want you to read what's called the S1. Okay. And this is a, an investment offering memorandum uh, made by uh, investment wankers, bankers, I'm sorry, uh, as well as lawyers. Okay. And it lists all the risks. By law, they have to, right? They have to. Uh, and so before investing in any IPO, in any company, please read these things. And the way to get these things here um, is you go directly uh, to sec.gov. I'll, I'll show you. So in most markets in the world, if you want to list on a stock market, um, you have to actually submit uh, filings to the government, a government website. And you and I have access to this for free and no hedge fund or mutual fund has access to this stuff before us. We all get it at the same time. And this is why most mutual funds underperform ETFs and they're a scam as well. Yeah. And I can go down that path if you want to look, because their fees are too high. So what, what you can do is um, you can go to company filings. You, you could search here and they just changed their website here. So I'll enter in the ticker for Facebook. Here it is here. It's called Meta now. All right, um, and, and what you can do is you can look through all the filings here uh, on the company before you invest in anything. So you just do a search on the S1, it's here. Um, the 10K is the annual report. Um, the, the 10Q is a quarterly report. And an 8K means an important press release, um, like 
they're reporting earnings or, or something or, or making an acquisition uh, that might move the needle and, and change their earnings outlook. So before you ever invest in any IPO, uh, please go and look uh, at the S1 filing and, and read it cover to cover. And if you're reading it, and there's something you don't understand from a finance perspective or qualitative perspective. Just ask me here in this week. I'm here to humbly help. All right. Next up, I have got uh, uh, Manas. Hey, Manas, how are you, Ben? Uh, Manas is from India. Great guy. Uh, he's published a number of courses on Udemy recently. He also published a book called Bonds Before Business, which I have, and it's great. It's in my, my props room over, over here. And for any of you that really want to impress people in an interview uh, or meeting with a customer, what you can do is you can write a book and it's so much easier than you than you think and i'll show you how for free so um all you do is you go to haroonventures.com um, and i say haroon education sometimes but they all forward to the same url so haroonventures.com slash write book and so my my first book i wrote i, I used a template i'm about to provide you with okay um and so all you do is you click here, I don't ask for your email or anything, and you download this template. And it's Microsoft Word-based. And on the front, uh, the first page here, I put the instructions on how to publish on Amazon Kindle, uh, as well as Amazon's paper product, uh, as well as uh, Audible, which is acx.com. And I tell you where to go to get a, a nice cover as well made for it. Uh, and please support this person here, Ultracon22. She's from Bangladesh. She's been amazing. She's made the covers of all my books. So this template here, it's um, six inches uh, by nine inches. And all you do is you fill it in in Microsoft Word or Google Docs, whatever. Um, and then you just um, you, you right click here on the table of contents and repaginate. So all the work is done for you. All you got to do is just fill it in. And if you think this is too much work to do, um, then just think about how one meeting can change your life to the extent that if you write a book and you go to an interview or you meet with a customer and you give them your book, you're going to impress them. Who does that? You got to ask yourself, how badly do you want that job? And what I recommend doing is think of yourself like a thought leader. It's like the Rodin sculpture. I think therefore I am. And I want you to write a lot about whatever it is you're most passionate about. And so what I did was I, I wrote um, about 100 articles on LinkedIn every week for two years. And I wrote about uh, business lessons from business icons. And then what I did was I took all those, those articles I wrote on LinkedIn and I just pasted them into this thing here. And uh, it was really easy to make this. And yeah, it, I'm humbled to say that Forbes called this book one of six books all entrepreneurs need to read right now, uh, along with Peter Thiel's book, uh, Simon Sinek's, that sort of thing as well. Yeah, but it's it's easy to do. And it, it gets lonely sometimes when you when you do social media stuff and you don't get very many clicks or likes. But you got to understand it's a marathon, not a sprint. And longer term, you're, we're all going to look back and say, I wish I created more YouTube content. Because number one, it's fun. Number two, you're helping people. And number three, every every video I make, I think of it like a coffee shop franchise that will make money longer term. Yeah, but you got to think with your heart first. Yeah. So wh whatever you're passionate about, I, I want you to become a thought leader, and and I want you to write an article once a week, uh, or once a month if you want to, uh, on LinkedIn. 
And eventually, if you do that enough times, what will happen is you will become thought of as the thought leader and people will approach you and ask your advice and the media will approach you as well, which humbly has happened to me as well. No one's going to know about you, though, uh, unless you post a lot of social media content, yeah. especially LinkedIn. And, and you can repurpose it, too. So, so what I do is I um, this weekly webcast, this is week 165 now, um, what I do is I repurpose it as, as a vlog. Okay, So I have seven vlogs over the week. And the best seven questions that my team sees here, and I see it all myself, the best seven questions become vlogs every day. And, and it's also repurposed as a podcast. I'll show you how to get it. So a lot of people listen to the podcast version of this instead of watching it, um, but I haven't really marketed it. Um, but if you go to my, my website, I'll show you where to access the podcast version of, of this call. So we go here to Haroon Education Ventures, and we go to Aboot Chris. That's how we say it in Canada. It's not about Americans, it's Aboot. Um, and then you go down here to Podcast. Uh, and then right here, you, you, you can access it, yeah. So anyway, um, hopefully it's helpful for all of you that, that don't want to sit here and watch this every week. Uh, more people watch the replay of this than are, that are on the live version of the call as well. And we also repurpose all the content um, through little Instagram video posts, pictures, and that sort of thing, right? So there's nothing left on the carcass by the time we're done with this, this weekly call. And that way you work smarter, not harder. And repurposing content is something that Nintendo has been doing for decades, and you'll notice that they're older Mario games from the 8-bit, 16-bit console uh, and Mario 64 as well, which is a great game. They've been repurposed uh, on newer platforms from Nintendo. You know, everything from the Wii, the Wii U to the Switch. Yeah. Okay. So Manos wrote, I'm really enjoying your, your crypto course. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to be an affiliate for that. Uh, I mailed your team but didn't get any response. Uh, can you help me with that? Uh, you're awesome. Thank you. No, I, I pre God bless you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So email the team again. And I'll, I'll take a look. We had so many inbounds uh, for business development partnerships and stuff. We can't uh, answer all of them, but but I'll, I'll actually look for I'll, I'll look for your name myself. OK. Um, and then what, what I'll do is I'll, I'll send you a link uh, to my uh, to, to my, my, my Udemy course and then you can just sell it uh, and then um, Every time I see it, somebody has sold or somebody's purchased it, I'll, 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 I'll cut you a deal. I'll, I'll pay you for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, I got uh, Peter, uh, who is uh, a, a new student uh, here on, on this weekly webcast. Um, he, he's originally from uh, Romania. Uh, he's 19. Uh, and he's a massive soccer fan, like the real soccer, right? The real football, I should say. Like your, your, the European version. Yeah. Okay. Great to see you, Peter. All right, give me one second here. All right, so uh, Peter wrote here, I, I hope you remember me. Of course, I, I remember everybody, all my students, yeah. yeah. You all inspire me so much. Uh, you wrote, do you think that jobs related to the technology sector, like programming, will still be uh, searched for, let's say, uh, and have big salaries? Yeah, absolutely. So what, what I usually do when I think of business models or professions, what I do is, is I think to myself, will this company or this skill be more in demand or less in demand five years from now? And it helps you kind of see the forest from the trees when you're looking to invest in a company. Now, when it comes to skills, absolutely programming will be more in demand. Absolutely, without a doubt. 
Uh, and if you want, you can go to udemy.com and do a search on Dr. Angela Yu and take her programming courses. They're, they're great. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then Manasro, my, my mentor, Chris, please. Uh, if you're working in a company and they offer you a salary in cryptos, uh, would you accept that? Or would you have problems with that and why? Yeah. It depends on the cryptocurrency. So I think that 95% of all cryptocurrencies are scams. And when I started making that cryptocurrency course, uh, it's like 25 hours or something. When I first started making it, I was bullish, meaning I was positive on cryptos. I was seven out of 10 positive. And by the time I finished that course and did a ton of research, I was a three out of 10. And you'll, you'll never, like I, I have a course that does humbly quite well, but you'll never see me out there selling the course by saying you have to buy cryptos you have to buy cryptos because the problem with cryptocurrencies is they're not regulated by governments they're regulated by the laws of mathematics and so when you invest in an ipo okay initial public offering um, by law you have to list all the risks in the in the investment offering memorandum the s1 because they're regulated by governments cryptocurrencies there's no s1 you know, sometimes all you can do is read this this cryptic five or five to fifteen page uh, PDF on, on, you know, just what this company's technology infrastructure is all about, the white paper. Uh, and so I created that cryptocurrency course with with this in mind. And you'll notice in that cryptocurrency course of mine, the complete cryptocurrency course, um, what I do is I walk through forty nine steps in terms of how to analyze a, a, a company or a crypto from scratch. And those 49 steps, I, I pulled out of these S1s. So I've, I've read a gazillion of these things over the years. Uh, and so I created that 49 step process so that you can do your own research uh, on cryptocurrencies and, and decide before investing. But you gotta do a lot of research on it. You know, it's kind of like before buying a stock, I always recommend people, people make a one page write up on the stock. And the same thing with businesses. You know, failing to plan is plan to fail. You always write a full business plan before you start a company. Most people don't do that. Yeah, un unfortunately. Yeah. So um, when it comes to being paid in cryptos, if it's Bitcoin uh, or, or Ethereum, um, I guess it makes sense because I think that those are great cryptocurrencies longer term. Uh, but you got to worry about the volatility as well. Like what El Salvador is doing, making Bitcoin their official currency is, I think it's a little bit fiscally irresponsible. Um, to kind of experiment with that. Uh, I think they should have done some, some, somewhat of a hybrid approach, half their currency, half, half Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, I just be careful because it's very, very volatile. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're gonna do that, what you can do, um, if you're gonna take Bitcoin, for example, uh, as your salary is you can buy puts, okay, on, on Bitcoin or, or ETF-based cryptocurrency funds. Uh, and to learn more about that, you can take my, my complete options course, uh, which I released uh, recently. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Next up, uh, Tipu. Hey, Tipu. Good to see you. I've never seen you before on the call. I hope you join us again. Uh, so Tipu wrote, uh, good day, sir. Chris, please. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thank you. I'm great. Uh, and then you wrote, some days before I comment on your videos about your Udemy course about the language problem. Okay. Yeah. Um, and let me let me scroll down and see uh, more details on that. Can you make uh, uh, offer your course in Hindu or Urdu? I do, and I and I give it for free. And I'll show you. Okay, so if we go here to my um, let's go to my, my LinkedIn profile. 
So what I did was uh, COVID was, was much worse in India than any other country in the world at a certain point. I think it was like uh, earlier this year. Yeah, um, things are getting better though. Um, but, but if you go to my, my profile here and you, you scroll over on, on LinkedIn, here it is here. So I, I gave this away for, for free. Okay, so it's, it's my entire, uh, it's, it's called an entire MBA in one course. It's eight hours long. Okay, um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the Hindi version. Yeah, so you, you can check this out uh, if you want to. Again, it's free. And the reason I made it free was <clears throat> back then I was, I was really worried about my students in India, which is 11% of my students globally. Um, so you can click here and, and take this for free. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's translated as well. Uh, and it, it's, it's, this is embarrassing. I got to be transparent as always with you. But when I first published this course and I got all of the, uh, uh, all, all of the, the captions, I thought they made a mistake because there's no spaces between the T's. I'm so dumb. So I put a little space between all the top parts here of the characters. And my students were so polite. They reached out to me and they, they said, sir, do you realize that this is not correct? So it is correct now. Yeah. But anyway, wait, check it out if, if you want to. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, and, and on Udemy, actually, they, they have captions in many different languages. Auto captions are done. Yeah. And I hope that answered your, your question, uh, Tipu. If it did not, uh, please let me know. Um, and you mentioned you reached out to me multiple times before. I, I get so many inbound, inbounds. I'm so sorry. I just can't. We, we can't uh, answer every single message. But I do apologize about it. And that's why I do these weekly calls as well, uh, is to humbly help as much as I can. Okay. Um, next up, I got, Mar hey, Myron, how are you? Uh, you wrote, hi, Chris, good to be here. And I mentioned your, 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 your wonderful mother who's looking down from heaven. So proud of you uh, earlier today. I'm, I'm glad you're on the call. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I went over to uh, uh, Project Magoo. Uh, and so uh, uh, Myron um, <clears throat> and I are going to build uh, one of our next schools in Kenya uh, in honor of, of, of her mother. Yeah, so that's Myron's mother. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, the funny thing is that I, I remember it was the only reason I, I know you, Myron, uh, and, and Myron's in my, my platinum MBA program. The only reason, uh, that I, that I know you is because I think it was like a, a year ago or so, um, <clears throat> somebody came on this webcast with the name Jackie Haroon, which is my mom's name, uh, and, and made a comment, um, about my eyebrows. It was kind of a bizarre comment and I'll get back to that in a second. Um, and then uh, Marin uh, left a comment uh, about that, something along the lines of, it, it's so great to have, um, uh, to see your mom come on this webcast. Um, and then you mentioned what, what happened to your, your mother, God bless her. Um, and then uh, we connected and you, you guys are going to love Marin's business model uh, when she lets me interview her on my weekly. It's incredible. I love it. Um, but what I did was I, 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 I called my mom. I was like, mom, that's so cool. You came on my webcast. And my mom said, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and, and I said, well, didn't you make this comment? She goes, no, that wasn't me. So somebody pretended to be my mom, but uh, rather than getting upset about it, I guess the, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I'm glad you're part of this now too. And it's been an honor getting to know you. And I'm looking forward to meeting your father, uh, Samson, uh, when I go to Kenya with you to, to build the school. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm thinking we charge the students 50K each per year though, right? No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I've got the worst dad humor ever. My dad humor is so bad, guys. I, I did this um, uh, this two-day option seminar 
last Friday, Saturday, where I taught you my options course in 20 hours over two days. And I had this, this one joke in it. Um, and let me just shut that curtain here. It's a little bit of light's getting in. Again, my air conditioning is down. I was talking about how um, buying future contracts, futures, um, what happens is people like to sell and buy wheat. And the example I, I gave was General Mills, ticker GIS, which is the company that makes this product. They wanted to buy wheat for Wheaties. And then what I said was, um, I, I showed this example, which I got off eBay, and this is from 2012. And Michael Phelps, who won 65 gold medals, was on the cover. And then I mentioned uh, that they took him off the cover, which is true, in 2012 they took him off the cover because he was caught doing weed. And so I said, if I worked at, at General Mills, I probably would have said, Win I, I probably would have said, let's keep him on the cover and we'll say this. Winners don't do drugs. Champions do. Weed, that's sorry. I know, my jokes are awful. Laugh at me, not with me is always the place. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, uh, PB said, uh, thank you, sir. You're, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to help you. I want to help you. But I don't want you to spend any money on, on your business plan at all, okay? And, and that goes for everybody in this call. Uh, if, 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 unless you have a ton of money, I don't want you to invest in your own company. I want you to get high net worth investors to do it. And, and we can all find high net worth investors to invest in our companies uh, in, in, and I'll teach you how to sell yourself in tomorrow's webcast uh, if you want to join us. It's free. You don't have to register. You don't have to give me your name. Just go to that web address down here uh, and then join me tomorrow. It, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. And it's kind of a precursor for a course I'm, I'm going to make next year uh, on how to sell. Right. So this is just kind of a, a high level overview of, of what that course might be about. Yeah. Okay, let me get rid of that. And if I miss anybody's question, please just paste it again. And please know that if you put it in a hyperlink, YouTube strips it out so I can't see it at all. Yeah. I do have senior moments, so I miss questions, sorry. All right, uh, next up, uh, Marios wrote, uh, I can recall that this, I can recall this that you said about endorphins and releasing and thinking better when you exercise. I saw it in your Udemy course related to YouTube video making. Uh, very no nice, nice course, really. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I have a, a free course on, on, on Udemy as well on how to vlog. Um, so search for that one if you want. And, and that course was fun to make. I, I made it um, in, in a day um, and I kept it real. There's hardly any editing. I just walked around Barcelona. Uh, my kids were at the beach and I just walked around one day in the city uh, when I was there on vacation. Uh, and I recorded myself uh, do, doing vlogs. So check it out, it's called How to Vlog, it's free. Yeah, it, it, it was fun. And I write a lot of my, my best, humbly, my best content uh, when I'm overseas. Um, so I just, I don't know, I, when I'm in different environments, I, I, I'm more creative. Like this options course I released recently, the complete options course. Um, what I did was I wrote a lot of it when I was in Rwanda and when I was on the flight to Rwanda and back. I love working on planes because there's no distractions. Yeah. There is the internet, but it's slow. Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh Olivier is saying a, a pre IPO service. Yeah. Um, let, let me 
tell me the name of it if you want, and I'll look it up, and I'll give you my real-time analysis here. Um, yeah, I, I was. I'm, it's tough investing in companies uh, pre-IPO because what's usually happening is their secondary shares are being sold uh, by insiders. Okay, and and, what, and and if you get common shares, um, then you can get massively diluted. You want to get preferred shares, and the difference is this. And when you think of the names, it makes sense. Preferred shares, common shares, preferable. So preferred shares, you can't get diluted as much. Common shares is the lowest of the low. You can get diluted a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes these companies you invest in pre-IPO are very illiquid as well. Yeah. Um, but let, let me know the, the service first, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you want to invest pre, uh, in shares in a private company, a lot of, it's kind of bureaucratic, but a lot of times the way it works, um, at least what I've done in the past, is you have to get board approval, right? So uh, I invested in Palantir when it was private in my venture capital fund, uh, and we had to get approval from, from Peter Thiel um, and, uh, because we were buying shares from somebody else, um, and the dilution wasn't that bad. Um, and so there's something called a ROFR, R-O-F-R, which stands for right of first refusal. And so you have to get permission from the board to be able to buy those secondary shares. It can get, there's a lot of legal stuff involved too, but let me know the website and I'll, I'll humbly help if I can. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer though. Okay. Uh, next up, Manas wrote, my mentor, uh, are we going to see, Chris, please, are we going to see a Haroon education NFT? <laughs> if yes, uh, what would it be? Uh, would it be uh, on OpenSea or Rarible or somewhere else? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm going to teach you guys how to sell, okay? All right, here we go. Ask me how to sell this pen. Thank you. Okay, this is how you sell, sell uh, I sell you this pen. Ready? Here we go. It's an NFT. That was my, that was my mic drop moment. Sorry. Yeah, NFT is a massive bubble. At some point, maybe what I'm more interested in, Manas, is uh, is is the metaverse or Internet 3.0. Uh, and so, for a couple of years, I've been thinking about how I can create content uh, for the metaverse. Uh, and so, what I will be doing, um, there's a character named Tony Shark in some of my videos, some of my courses, and he created this VR headset. And so, I'm thinking about longer term creating a metaverse version of my MBA degree program where you can go all over the world and communicate with other people as well, kind of like World of Warcraft circa 2005. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking a lot about, been working with Adobe Dimensions, the Unreal Engine, which is way over my head, but I'm trying. Um, it, it's something I'm strategizing for, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like if you think of my, my, my courses, they're like the old version of, of a Mario game. It's just, it's two dimensional. But the metaverse version of my course's MBA program is going to be like uh, Mario 64. Like it's going to be more 3D based as well with, with, with a headset. But I'm still working on how I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I've got Oculus. I've, I've got all the VR products and they're not there yet. They're not there yet. Like Oculus is, it's, it's, it's gimmicky. It's fun. Uh, but it's not a game changer yet. And I don't know where Sony is in all this because they just had their their five year anniversary of the PlayStation VR, which is the best VR product out there. I've tried them all. I got them all. Um, they haven't made a new version yet. I hope it's coming out soon, right? Because I think Sony could own this market if they do it right. 
Yeah. And even Microsoft, they bought this company called um, HoloLens. And uh, it's a VR product that they were supposed to give to consumers. And they decided that, no, it's too expensive. Um, so they made it 3000 bucks, and it's more for industrial purposes or uh, robotic surgery or virtual surgery, like Intuitive Surgical's product. ISRG is the ticker of that one. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I do think that if, if it weren't for COVID, um, we wouldn't really be talking about the metaverse right now. I, I think with, with COVID and the whole WFH or work from home, um, uh, the, the whole uh, initiative, I think people are going to start focusing more so on advanced technologies for educational purposes from home. Yeah. So COVID kind of brought forward my vision of the future by 20 years or so. Yeah. With crisis comes opportunity. And I, I pray every day, man, that we get past this this awful, awful COVID point in, in human history. Yeah. Okay. And I've not got the booster shot, but I got both of the Pfizer shots. Yeah. All right. And MT wrote, yeah, bro. Hey, man, how are you? Okay. Um, all right, next up. And then MT wrote, uh, why is Tesla stock suddenly gained? after it fell the next day when Elon said to sell uh, his 10% uh, shares. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, there were just tourists in the stock. Like there's a lot of short-term investors that are renting Tesla, they're renting growth stocks, and they panic at the worst time. And Warren Buffett said the New York Stock Exchange is the only store in the world where consumers sell stuff when it goes on sale. So I think it just purged uh, the tourists from the stock. I own it, I own it forever. I'm not selling, ever. I think it's a great company. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Ne next up. Uh, also, it doesn't hurt that the interest rates are still zero. Right. So basically, when, when interest rates are low, it forces people to not save money in the bank. If interest rates are high, like they were in the early 80s when they were 20%, you know, people keep their money in the bank and make 20%. They're not going to buy stocks. But when interest rates are zero, which they are today, it kind of forces you to be a risk investor. And that's why um, Apple's market cap is $3 trillion. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. But once rates rise, and they will, um, the markets will pull back quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. But nobody can time these things. All right. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Mike wrote, uh, hi, Chris, I just started your options course. Great course. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I poured my heart into it, dude. I, uh, I tell you, I, I, I use a lot of props when, when I, when I teach, uh, but I use more and I, I was teaching Monte Carlo, uh, simulation for options and how you have to think like a casino to do well with options. I've never used as many props as I did in that course. And I even teach you statistics from scratch in the course in a fun way. That's an abnormal distribution there, yeah. Thank you, I, I hope you enjoy it. And I was sad when it was over, man. I, 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 I was so into that course, I, I loved it. I love it, yeah. Okay, and I don't think it's, like that's the hardest course I've ever made because options is the most complicated thing to teach. And you know, I got humbly the top grade in my class uh, at Columbia uh, when I did my MBA in finance in, in options. Um, the options course. And it was so theoretical. I didn't really know how to use that crap when I graduated. And then I worked at a big hedge fund called Citadel and we used a lot of options there and I kind of figured it out. Uh, and so I, I pride myself and my biggest sense of joy and passion 
is teaching complicated things in an easy way. But teaching in a way so that it's intuitive and fun uh, and we don't memorize stuff, we understand. Because when we understand something, we never forget it. Like I, I got a D in accounting the first time I took it uh, when I was an undergrad um, at McGill University. It was 1990 or 1991. And I got a D because I, I was memorizing accounting instead of trying to understand it. And so I took it again. I got a little bit better in a D. But you got you to understand stuff. And, and I teach you how to understand mathematical concepts and much more in my courses. And, and by the way, this here is, a, I got this new product. I'm, I'm a tech nerd, as you all know. Um, it's called the Aura Ring. And it's got sensors inside it. And it monitors my, my sleep, my heart rate, and all, all that stuff. And, and the battery lasts for like, I think it's like a, a week or so. I'm not sold yet. I'm not sure. I, I got two weeks to give it back. But it, it comes, there's an app for it called uh, Aura. And it will actually monitor, see if I can pull this off here. Um, it, it monitors, of course, your, your heart rate and all that stuff, um, uh, sleep. Um, it also monitors, and it's, it's syncing now with, with the ring. Uh, when it monitors my sleep, it, it monitors my REM, okay, rapid eye movement uh, as well. I, I dream a lot, it's fun. Um, sometimes I look forward to going to sleep for my, my dreams are fun. Uh, but here, my sleep last night, uh, my sleep efficiency was 92%. My resting heart rate was 62 beats per minute. Uh, uh, total sleep, uh, seven hours and seven minutes. I try to get eight usually. Um, and then here, and, and this is a problem. I can't understand this, but I, I talked to my doctor about it. But since I got this product, all of my, 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 my sleep, sleep qualities are great except for deep sleep, right? Deep sleep is low. I, I don't know what the issue is there. Uh, but this is part of the, the QS movement, quantified self move, movement. Yeah, yeah. So, and it will tell you also... Um, whether or not you should be exercising, right? So today it's kind of hinting, maybe maybe I shouldn't. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I tend to overdo all the exercise stuff. All right, uh, next up, Manas wrote, uh, uh, Polygon is gaining market and is going to be as big as Ethereum. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, and do you think the same? Yeah, I haven't done much work on it. Um, the four cryptos I own and have owned forever and will never sell are as follows. And I publicly disclosed this before. And please all, do your own research, everybody, first. Um, so I own uh, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, uh, Litecoin, and Ripple. Yeah. And no, I didn't sell any Ripple. Yeah. All right. Um, but but in that the course you're taking, um, you you can go through and create your own investment uh, prospectus uh, um, based on the analytical tools I provide you with. And I'm getting some questions about uh, from my MBA students about uh, the option stuff. So. For all of you that have bought my, my MBA program in the past, uh, meaning silver, gold, platinum, um, I added um, all 30 hours of the options curriculum as an elective um, in FA44, which is finance and accounting, semester four, class number four. It, it, it's, it, it's, in the, uh, it, it's in the curriculum, yeah. And I'll do that from now on, always for my MBA students. You always get everything I, I make for free, yeah, new stuff, okay. All right, next. Hey, Rose, how are you? So Rose uh, graduated from my uh, MBA program last year as a platinum student. Um, she's from Virginia. Um, uh, she, she's great. She's awesome. She was the uh, head of the yearbook committee as well uh, last year. Uh, this year, it's uh, Christina that, that's doing it. Great to see you, Rose. So Rose wrote, um, I'm finishing writing my book. And, and since you've written many, I want to ask you if you use an editor or if you edited the books yourself. Uh, do you have uh, Grammarly? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I didn't use an editor. Uh, I got a, after I published the book and I got um, Forbes magazine did that big write up on, on it and other books as well. Um, business books. Um, 
I was approached by uh, uh, Barack Obama's um, uh, book editor, uh, the company that publishes books, uh, and they said they wanted to take this and they wanted to sell it in their platform and all that stuff. I went through the, the math with them, it didn't make sense. So it's 10 bucks, they wanted to raise the price to 20 bucks, and they also would have given me just $1 per sale, and they would own the rights to what's in this book. And so I said, no, forget it. Yeah, so I, I self-publish, yeah. And yeah, I know it's hurt. And, and sometimes, like, even my YouTube channel, like, I have, I've never taken endorsements, I get approached all the time. And, and does it hurt my growth? Yes. But I, I don't care because I want to be true to my student always. You know, the second I start taking endorsements from like Microsoft or other companies with banner ads on my website or, you know, promoting uh, promotions within videos, I put them first and not you, which distorts why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like you'll notice if you ever go to a video game website like IGN, for example, um, you'll, you'll see that Microsoft's a big advertiser and they don't really have terrible ratings on games produced by Microsoft Studios, right? There's an inherent bias, yeah. Okay, um, but Rose, I, 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 I yeah, the, the grammar, like people found mistakes and they told me about it, kind of like with my courses. I always have mistakes in my courses, my wonderful students tell me. Um, but, but I find that the best way to kind of edit or proofread your book is right before you publish it to acx.com, which is Audible, um, right before you publish it, you have to read the book, of course, because you, if you want to put it on Audible, you have to read it. And when you're reading it, um, you find mistakes that way. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Mike wrote, um, if somebody was, was worried uh, about the market and wanted to put their money into cash, uh, where would you put it? Yeah, so I, I've owned a lot of tips. Okay, so what, what tips are, are, are they're treasury inflation protected securities. And what that means is this. So the lowest risk investment on the planet, it is what it is, uh, is U.S. government debt. Because the United States government is the last uh, company, so to speak, that would go bankrupt. And so um, U.S. debt, uh, the, the returns are very, very low because interest rates are zero. But you can buy something called a TIP, right? People call them TIPs, which stands for Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. And so inflation is 6%, so it's gone up more than 6%. Um, so I, I think it's, it's a good bet. Do your own research on it first. Uh, read the uh, investment offering or the prospectus if you can get it as well first. Yeah. Okay. And when I'm really worried about the markets, um, like in 2008, my biggest long was, was gold, uh, GLD. And because I had to put capital to work, uh, the stocks that I bought in 08 uh, were very defensive ones that people are going to buy in a recession, products in a recession like Campbell's Soup. CPB is a ticker, soup is good food, uh, or other high dividend yielding uh, companies, yeah. Basically, you think like Warren Buffett when the market's crashing, yeah. Meaning you buy value stuff and you short growth. All right, um, and for those of you not, if you're not sure what shorting a stock means, um, I explain it from scratch in my complete options course as well, yeah. All right. All right, next up, uh, Manas, and if I skip any questions, just enter them again, please. Uh, Manas wrote, um, how do you save uh, taxes on cryptocurrencies? And in general, you're a smart person with tax saving skills uh, that are really helpful uh, in these days. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not, not smart at all. Thank you, though. Yeah, I, I try to fake it till I make it. I'm still faking it. Um, 
This one is tricky, and I was uh, I was on um, uh, I was interviewed on on NBC on television uh, about cryptocurrency taxes a couple of years ago. That was me showing off. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, no, um, but I, but I read. I remember I was nervous for that 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 interview, and I read three books on taxes, crypto taxes, a couple of days before. So I did a lot of research. It's hard. First of all, declare all your taxes, right? And in some countries, if you make less than five hundred bucks uh, on on a side hustle, you don't have to claim it as as, as, a, as a as a taxable event. Um, but um, if it's over the the limit of five hundred, whatever it is, you've got to claim it because the government will find out. And the way they'll find out is they'll subpoena. Uh, the records uh, from uh, the big exchanges or the wallet companies like Coinbase. Uh, and the, the IRS has done that. They've gone to Coinbase, this was a couple of years ago even, and they had Coinbase uh, send them a list of all, all customers that at that point uh, uh, made over $20,000 in profit. There's nowhere to hide. And even the precedent is with Swiss banks. You know, back in 2009, like remember Swiss banks, you, you'd think... Swiss bank account so I can hide my money. No one knows it's there. They do know. And the precedent is back in 2009, the IRS uh, um, found a loophole and was able to find out um, which Americans have massive Swiss bank accounts. There's nowhere to hide, especially with digitization. Everything's electronic, right? There's records online. Um, you, you can't hide. Uh, now, the way to save money on taxes is talk to your accountant first, um, but you can invest in cryptos uh, in your retirement accounts, right? And it's it's IRA or whatever the retirement account is called uh, in, in other countries out there. Talk to your accountant first because sometimes when you, when you buy an investment or you invest in something, if you don't put it in your retirement account, when you buy it, you can never put it in or it's harder to put it. So talk to your, uh, talk to an accountant first before you do it. Yeah. And that way you can save money yeah, on taxes. Yeah. You could be like Peter Thiel, who um, he's got between five and ten billion dollars tax-free in his IRA. And the way it works in the United States is uh, it, there's there's two ways to to save money on taxes when it comes to taxable accounts. Uh, one way is called the 401k, um, and it's called different things in different countries. And what that means is you can get close to nineteen thousand dollars per year, uh, put it into your 401k retirement accounts, and let it grow tax-free. And then when, when you want to take the money out, then you pay taxes on it, right? But uh, a Roth IRA is, is similar to that, but a little bit different to the extent that you can put about six grand in per year to your Roth IRA, but you pay taxes first. And then you put it in and then you never pay taxes again when you take it out. Why would you do that? You do that if you think your taxes are going to be much higher, your tax rate is going to be much higher in the future, or if you think that taxes in general are going to be higher in the future. And so what Peter Thiel did uh, was in his Roth IRA, um, and you can contribute about six grand per year to it, he put um, almost all of his shares in, in PayPal, the company he co-founded, as well as Palantir, a company he was a lead investor on, in his IRA. And because of that, and he did it up you know, for 0. 0.0001 cent per share. And what happened was, uh, obviously, PayPal did incredibly well. It you know, went public, was bought by eBay, was, then was spun off. Uh, and of course, uh, Palantir went public as well, ticker PL, PLTR, I think. And what happened was he was able to sell those stocks once um, he, he had a liquidity event, uh, meaning when the companies were public, and not pay taxes. And the, the, the problem is, though, that with, uh, with, with our tax system also, 
there has to be a taxable event for you to pay taxes. And so the 400 richest families in the United States, they pay only 23% tax versus the top tax bracket that's close to 40%. And the reason why billionaires don't pay much in taxes, aside from the fact that they hire uh, great tax accountants and move money offshore, but the reason usually is because they don't have taxable events. So uh, Jeff Bezos, if he doesn't sell any shares of Amazon this year, he's not paying taxes. In fact, back in 2007, um, what happened was uh, Jeff Bezos um, didn't pay any taxes. And in 2007, he actually claimed on his tax return, this is publicly disclosed, Jeff Bezos claimed on his tax return four dependents, his four kids, and he got a tax credit of 16 grand, four grand per kid, right? And he was a billionaire back then as well, of course, yeah. So there's gotta be some sort of tax reform. Uh, and look, I'm a capitalist, y'all know that. Uh, but there's got to be tax reform to the extent that if you have over a billion dollars, whatever it is, uh, you, you should be paying the top income tax bracket. Yeah. So I know Elon Musk would, would, would disagree. Yeah. That's why he moved to Texas. Don't mess with Texas. He used to have a house around the corner from me here, too. It's cool. So does Serena Williams. Serena Williams uh, and, and the founder of, of Reddit, they were renting a place just two or three doors down. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Reddit's doing an IPO. So. Okay. All right, uh, next up, uh, Puang wrote, uh, hey, Chris, I purchased your course on cryptocurrency. Thank you. And then you wrote, it's awesome. Uh, my question is, will cryptocurrency continue expanding in the next uh, few decades? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. For sure, for sure. Because you, we, could, we can narrow it down to this. Will more currency transactions be digital in the future or fewer? More, of course. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I do think that it, it's, it's a bubble right now. Like there, there are way more cryptocurrencies than there are fiat or paper-based currencies out there now. And a lot of them are garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they'll, they'll, they'll keep expanding, yeah. Um, the, the only caveat there is uh, in certain countries, um, governments might make cryptos illegal because they are the biggest threat to national security. And the reason I say that is because, I got my door open there. Uh, the, the reason I, I, I say that is because Governments can't make enough money from taxes to pay the bills. So what governments do is they sell bonds. And if I'm the government and you're an investor or a consumer and I sell you a bond, okay, you give me cash in return. Okay. So I, I take that cash and I use it to build bridges, whatever it might be. And I take some of that money and I put it out of circulation. It's gone. And because there's less supply of money out there, interest rates go up. So government's biggest weapon is the, the ability, uh, which is called monetary policy, to, to control interest rates. Now, if more people use cryptos and not their own currencies, and governments weren't able to sell bonds to manipulate interest rates, then countries would go bankrupt. They wouldn't have money to defend themselves, for example. You know, God forbid there's a war. And that's why in a lot of countries, especially command-based economies, the left-wing countries, um, you know, cryptos are illegal because governments like control. Um, but the fact that the United States, they're regulating cryptos is really bullish for cryptocurrencies because it signals that they're not going to outlaw it. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, next up, uh, Fabrice saying, hi. Hey, man, how are you? Good to see you. Nice to, actually, first time I've seen you on the call as well. Pleasure to meet you. I, I hope you join, join us again. Thank you. 
All right, next up, I got Mike Flynn who wrote, uh, supposedly Donald Trump uh, is creating a new social media platform. Is there any chance that Trump or anyone for that matter will seriously challenge uh, Twitter or Facebook? Yeah. I mean, Facebook is too powerful. Facebook is so powerful that 40% of everybody on this planet, 40% of people use at least one Facebook app every single month. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Twitter is kind of in disarray. They got a new new CEO, which was the right call because Jack is kind of focused on too many companies at the same time. Uh, Dorsey, that is. Um, I think he's more likely to take share away from, from Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, l- less so from Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. He used, he used Twitter. Trump used Twitter more so as his communication platform than, than Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Um, seriously challenge? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because there's... It's tough because basically, instead of his total addressable market being the entire United States, his total addressable market is maybe half the United States or less. I don't know. And the reason I say that is because in the United States, there's two political parties, as we know. There's uh, Republicans, which is right wing, and then there's Democrats, which is less right wing. Okay. Uh, And so you're you're usually one or the other. For me, I grew up a, a Republican in Canada. I loved Ronald Reagan. He was my hero standing up to disgusting communism. And then I came to the States. Now I can vote. And I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I, it all depends on, on who the person is. But usually, you're either a Democrat or a Republican. And so with this new service that, that Trump is going after, he's going after this market here, right? People that, that think more so like Republicans. And also keep in mind, not, not everybody that's a Republican will vote for Trump or, or like him as well. So it's probably less than that. So his total addressable market might only be 30% of the country. I don't know. Maybe it's 40. Who knows? Yeah. So it, it's, yeah, it's definitely a, a, a lot smaller. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, next up, Manas wrote, uh, my mentor, uh, um, Chris, please. Uh, I'm on day 21 of vlogging daily. It's so cool. Awesome. Nice. Nice. Uh, you wrote, you inspire me a lot. Uh, and that is why uh, the vlogging um, uh, has, has worked and will work for four more years every day. Thank you. You're, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. Thank you. And uh, Jacques, thank you for that donation. I appreciate that. I will go straight to Project Magoo. God bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Vlog, it's tough, man. Like it's, it's once, once I commit to something, I see it through. Yeah, and I, and I, I told my students I would do a weekly webcast forever and I'd vlog forever every single day. Right. So it's, um, it gets lonely sometimes, like, especially when you're first starting. Um, you're, you're excited at first doing it. Um, don't ever give up, brother, ever. Okay. I want you to be a pit bull in a pork chop. Never give up. Have conviction. But it gets lonely. Sometimes you feel like you're screaming into the wind. You know, you might not get too many views, et cetera. Um, but you just got to keep at it. You just got to keep at it. Um, and the best analogy I, I can think of is, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this interactive. Hold on a second. All right. So, and I'll make this a generic comment to apply to everybody. But when you first embark upon a journey, when Lao Tzu said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So you have a goal, okay? Whatever your goal is. Maybe it's get a million subscribers, I don't know. You have a goal and you're excited. And I can see the top of the mountain. There it is. I'm excited. I'm working towards my goal. And the top of the mountain's getting bigger now because I'm getting closer to it. This is awesome. And then what happens is one day you wake up and you, you can't see the top of the mountain. What happened to my goal? I can't see the mountain anymore, the top of the mountain. Maybe I'll quit. 
And so you start wandering this way and this way, and you're like, I don't get it, man. I had this great ambition, uh, my, my goal, whatever I set years ago, and now I can't see the top of the mountain anymore. What's the point? Just stop and understand. The reason you can't see the top of the mountain is because you're halfway up the mountain. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just ignore all the naysayers. You know, ha have the courage to ignore negative people and you'll make it. You'll make it. You just got to be a pit bull and pork chop and, and never give up. And all successful people, you know, they, they failed a gazillion times, but they never gave a damn what anybody thought of them. You got to have that conviction. And like Mark Cuban said, you only have to be right in business one time. Just keep at it. I promise you, you, you will reach your goal. Yeah. But also keep in mind that we tend to, we, we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in a year, but we massively underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. All right, give me one second, guys, sorry. Twitter, it, or pardon me, uh, YouTube uh, jumps on me sometimes with a question, it drives me cray cray, yeah. Okay, here we go, good. All right, um, uh, next up, uh, uh, Jason wrote, uh, greetings from St. Lucia, Chris. Uh, thank you for your time and effort, looking forward to January, awesome. Jason, it was, it was a pleasure uh, uh, meeting with you and your son uh, as well. I enjoyed our conversation uh, we had over Zoom, looking forward to seeing you uh, in the program starting January 10th. God bless you, thanks. Yeah. And the first thing I thought of was, was Eddie Grant. Uh, when, you, when you mentioned you were from uh, St. Lucia, who's my, one of my favorite artists back in the 80s. Uh, I'm dating myself there, clearly. Yeah. Okay. I think his song was, We're Going to Rock Down to Electric Avenue. Great song. All right. All right. Uh, uh, next up, uh, uh, Minastro, my mentor, uh, uh, Chris, please. Is bringing, I love you, man. You wrote, is bringing his social platform next month. Do you, do you, know, do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, somebody asked a question earlier about that. I, I've seen it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not getting as much media attention because half the media is not a fan of his, at least. Yeah, I'm trying to be careful. The way it works in the United States, for those of you not familiar, is you've got CNN, which Democrats love, and then you've got Fox News, which Republicans love. And given the, the growth of social media, we've seen the bifurcation of American opinions. Right? Americans are at odds more so now than at any point in history, even, even you know, during the hippie generation in the late 60s. And social media is making you more of a Republican or more of a Democrat. And the way that works is Facebook through sponsored stories like video ad stories. The stories they'll provide you, they'll serve up to you are based on whether they know you're a Republican or, or a Democrat. So it makes you more of a Democrat or more of a Republican. Yeah. That's why I don't use Facebook anymore. Yeah. My, my team does for business purposes, but personally, never. Yeah. And you can't avoid Facebook, though, as a business. Because, again, 40% of all people on this planet use one Facebook app every single month. Uh, next up, uh, Ajay. Is it, uh, let me know if it's Ajay or AJ. Um, I have friends uh, with the same spelling that uh, Ajay or AJ. Uh, Ajay Royan, uh, who's uh, Peter Thiel's chief investment officer, a uh, buddy of mine from Canada. I used to go to his office. Um, 
he'd always bring me, uh, give me Tim Hortons. <laughs> uh, so uh, the question is, the Indian government is working on crypto regulation. It may ban private exchanges outside of India. Uh, the government wants crypto circulation among uh, Indian exchanges. I think that's not what blockchain is for. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I believe in some sort of, of, um, of regulation. Um, I'm a laissez-faire guy, I, I believe, and I'm probably more of a libertarian these days, but, but I, 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 I'm a realist to the extent that I don't like it when people get scammed. Um, and I have, you guys can't see this, but I have so many comments on, on people trying to scam each other on my YouTube vlogs, especially my crypto, crypto ones. And I have to block tons of people, right? They're, they're massive scammers everywhere. And, and I have one student in particular in my platinum program uh, that lost a fortune to a cryptocurrency scammer. So I, I think we need some sort of regulation just to protect investors, right? It doesn't have to be as sophisticated as the regulation for I, IPOs. Like for ICOs, there should be some sort of regulation um, just because... You know, the, the, the purpose of governments, governments have noble intentions too. Yeah, we all criticize them, whatever. Uh, but they're there to serve the people, hopefully. Uh, and through regulation, loose regulation or some regulation, they're serving the people, protecting you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Marin, Marin wrote, uh, who's uh, one of my platinum students uh, uh, from Kenya, who li you live in the United Kingdom now. Uh, Marin wrote, at Chris, thank you for the mention of my mom, Leah and dad, Samson. I'm grateful. And yes, I, I'm backing up the truck. I love it. I love it. I, I had a one-on-one -on -one Zoom call with Myron a while back. And she, she said to me, Chris, there's something you keep saying that like, maybe it's an American thing. I'm not sure. But what does it mean when you say backing up the truck? Uh, and, and a lot of other people in my MBA program were, were asking as well. Um, it, it's a, a, a saying, I guess, a North American saying for, uh, I used to use on Wall Street, which means you're, you're, you're buying a lot of shares in a company. Like you're backing up the truck, beep, beep, beep. And then you're filling it up. Yeah. Yeah. That means you're bullish, meaning you like a stock. Yeah. God bless you. Andre, how are you? Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. And Andre's one of my wonderful MBA students as well. Great to see you. Okay. Um, next up, Ruby wrote, hi, Chris. Uh, I met someone recently who has a startup for cryptocurrency putting together cryptocurrency portfolios. What should I keep in mind to learn more about his startup and what he what he is doing? Uh, and then you are I'm a crypto newbie. No, no. Um, all right. So he's creating a cryptocurrency portfolio. Yeah. All right. So what, what he's probably doing is he, he's thinking about creating some sort of mutual fund or an ETF uh, for cryptos. Um, and so the best way to, to explain this is, is to go here to Yahoo Finance together. OK, great. So if he's making an ETF, he's probably going to be trying to put together a collection of, of stocks. I don't know why Yahoo finds this low today. There you go. Good. Um, he's trying to put together a collection of stocks. So, so let me give an example. Um, I'll do OIH, which is the oil services index. So if you want to invest in an oil drilling companies like, like Schlumberger or, or Transocean ticker RIG, you, you, you can buy this ETF here. Okay. And I'll show you what it means. And we'll come back to the fees in a second. Okay. So this ETF, uh, the OIH, it allows you to get access to a bunch of oil drillers, you know, like, like Transocean, Schlumberger, Halliburton, uh, et cetera, or Tenaris, uh, which makes pipes. And I know the founders too. They just sold for a lot of money. Okay. Um, 
So, uh, but, but when you look here to, uh, at the profile, you want to look at the fees. Okay. So the fees here is, uh, 0.35%, which is pretty good actually. Uh, and what that means is this for every hundred bucks you invest uh, in the OIH every year, for every hundred bucks you invest, you pay 35 pennies, uh, in fees, which is not bad. So you want to look at the fee structure of whatever this person is doing with a crypto portfolio. Um, and you also want to, um, ask what, what's unique about what they're doing. I mean, why can't you just go out and buy the cryptos yourself? Uh, unless this person has some sort of edge or track record. Yeah, look closely at the fees, yeah. And make sure that, uh, Rose, before you, you invest, um, I, I want you to read the offering memorandum. Like if you're creating a financial product, you have to create something like this by law, okay? Um, and so uh, ask him or her for the investment offering memorandum. Right, which will be a lot smaller than this. It'll probably be about 30 pages that should outline all the risks. So ask that question. Can I please see the investment offering memorandum? And if this person says, I don't have one, then you say, see ya, but I wouldn't want to be ya. That was an awful quote from Boys in the Hood, I think. Yeah, early 90s, good movie, yeah. All right. Uh, and Nikos wrote, hello from Romania. Oh, awesome, Nikos. We have two people from Romania on the call today. We also have a, a, a Peter. Uh, he goes by Petra, but he told me to call him Peter a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, great to see you. Great to see you. My, my best friend in business school uh, was uh, Trajan Carabas, uh, who's from Romania. Um, and then his wife, uh, Michaela. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, and then Ruby wrote, uh, Chris, uh, what are your thoughts on real estate uh, investing tax liens? and tax deeds. Do you have thoughts on which states to look into? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but before you invest in something like that, I'd probably, if it's a lot, um, I would do two things. Number one, talk to your accountant to see if you can put that, that investment into your retirement savings, uh, uh program tax-free number one, number two, oh, my air conditioning is working now. Thank God. Okay, good. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. Uh, number two, what I would do is, sorry, I, I would uh, go to LegalZoom.com uh, and, and, and talk to a lawyer there. It's cheap to do. Uh, it's $15 per month for personal reasons like this. Talk to a lawyer and ask them to look at the prospectus before you invest. Yeah. Yeah. So my AC is working now. It feels like heat is coming out of it, though. We'll, we'll know in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Gets hot in here with all these lights, man. All right. All right. Next up, Cosbilla uh, uh, wrote, hello, Chris. Uh, looking forward to the event tomorrow, and I can't wait for class to start January 10th. Awesome. Awesome. I'm looking forward to working with you. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I guarantee success or your money back. Okay. Uh, next, next up is from a new person called, uh, what is up, Danger? How are you, man? Yeah, great, great to see you. Uh, so what what is up, Danger? Wrote, hello, uh, I'm just curious. Uh, what all roles are available for people with computer science degrees and finance as a master's? As in, in one of your courses regarding modeling, uh, you said um, it'll definitely uh, uh, give job. I don't, I'm so sorry, I don't know what it means. Um, my bad. Let me think about this. I mean, if, if, if you have a computer science degree, I mean, your, your total addressable market is massive. You can, you can go work for a tech company or you can work for a, a big non-tech company because big non-tech companies, you know, their, their biggest investments are number one, people, number two, technology. 
And so, for example, at, at Bank of America, uh, ticker BAC, uh, every year they spend close to $15 billion on technology, right? And that's through their employees and new technology initiatives, sandboxing of new products, et cetera. Yeah, so I, I, I think you're, you're all set if you do that. Or you can be a contractor and sell your programming services over Upwork.com. Yeah, there's so much you, oh, start, or start your own company even, yeah. Uh, now, in terms of finance uh, as a master's, yeah. So I, um, what we used to say in Silicon Valley is it's, it's easier for an engineer to, be, uh, to switch to a finance role than it is for a finance person to switch to an engineering role. Yeah. So if I had to pick one of the two, I'd probably, I'd probably do comp sci, if you're more passionate about that. But do what you're passionate about first. The problem with finance is a lot of people go into it because they want to make a lot of money. And that's a recipe for a miserable life. And I've lived it. I've seen it. I remember uh, when I worked at Goldman Sachs, every December we get our Christmas bonus or year-end bonus. And people were depressed because they were, myself included, sometimes. Because we are comparing ourselves to those that make more. It's disgusting. That's the cancer of Wall Street. Um, you know, how many yachts can you water ski behind? Um, you know, there's, you can't compare yourself that way. You know, the, the only time you should look in your neighbor's bowl is to see if they have uh, enough, not to see if you have more. Yeah, it's hard. And the Dalai Lama, I remember this, he said in his book uh, called The Art of Happiness, which you should all read, it's great. He said the problem with Western society is uh, we sacrifice our health our entire lives in order to make money. And then at the end of our lives, we sacrifice all of our money in order to maintain our health. And then we look back and we realize we never really lived to begin with. So if you're going to go down the path of doing finance, make sure you're passionate about it, that you would thoroughly enjoy it. How do you know if you enjoy it? Well, if I told you that you have a month off from work and you can't go to work and you can't go to school, what are you going to do with your time? If you say you're going to read financial reports or look at stocks and all that stuff, then yeah, that's your passion or it could be. But, but I really do think that if, if, if you chase money, uh, you lose your dreams and your money. But if you chase your dreams, as long as you're willing to fail a bunch of times and not give a fuck what anyone thinks, something amazing happens. Your dream, your dream come true, your dreams come true, and the money follows accidentally. It always does. Yeah. All right. I think I'm kind of digging this, uh, this, this AC work. I'm going to shut the door. Hold on a second. And I've, got, I've got this here. This is what was propping the, the door open. By the way, for those of you that have kids, don't just have these things, okay? Because when, when kids are panicking, and I've seen in my house there's a fire, they don't know how to use it, right? It's not intuitive. Like, what is this thing? The Fortnite generation grew up understanding what is this thing. So get these things, right? They're light. To, it, kids can't carry this. My youngest one can't. Uh, it's called Stop Fires Fast. Put it in every room uh, where you have electricity. Or like, like the bathroom, for example, um, if, if there's a blow dryer there. Um, also put it uh, in the kitchen right by the stove. Yeah. And sometimes what I'll do with my kids is, is, is I'll say, there's a fire right there. What do you do? Right. And immediately they look for this 
and they say, I'll spray it at the base of the flames. Yeah, this works. This has saved fires in my house. Yeah. And I have a lot of electricity stuff in here, so I got to carry this. The Fortnite generation, they, they get this. Yeah. But dude, it's it's ridiculous. I see my kids playing Fortnite, and they're back into it again now. It's so moronic, man. Like, when someone's trying to shoot them, they jump up and down and up and down. I'm like, somebody has a... That's not how it works. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um... Okay, uh, uh, next one, uh, next question I've got is uh, from, from Alex, sorry. Alex wrote, what cryptocurrencies do you think will do well as we enter the, the metaverse? Yeah, yeah. I, I never recommend any, any investments or cryptocurrencies because I humbly want to teach my students how to fish instead of providing them with a fish. Yeah, but I have publicly disclosed the four cryptos I've owned forever and will never sell. I mentioned it earlier in this call too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jacques, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Jacques wrote, uh, thank you for the donation. Appreciate it. You didn't have to do that. Thank you. That will go right to, um, uh, right, right to charity. Yeah. And my wife's name is Charity. I don't know if you know that. Terrible. No, it'll go, it'll go to, it'll go to uh, Project Magoo. Thank you. God bless you, Jacques. So Jacques wrote here, um, uh, what a wonderful guide uh, for a way to look at finance and wealth accrual. Uh, uh, didn't think you'd be quoting the Dalai Lama. Uh, no, he's great, man. He's amazing. I, uh, yeah, I, I bought his book when I was on my honeymoon. Uh, I was in Australia, actually, in Darwin. And I bought his book from a bookstore there and I read it. And I'll never forget Darwin because of that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. God bless you, Jacques. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, next up, I've got, uh, what's up, Danger? Who wrote, I'm saying this because I see people are being exploited during COVID. No luck getting good finance analysts uh, kind of jobs domestic or, or abroad. Yeah. And that was in the context of, okay, that was in the context of your question about, about finance. Yeah. 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 You can, you can work from home. You can easily do it. Easily do it. And you know what, dude? Join me tomorrow. And what I'm going to do, and here are details on the event. Uh, what I'll do tomorrow is I'll explain how to sell yourself and how to sell anything. And um, I, I created this, this content, new content. It's 49 tips on how to sell anything. <clears throat> and, and I teach you uh, how to sell anything. And, and hopefully you'll take some of the, the lessons tomorrow uh, and it'll help you get the job your dreams. Yeah. Okay. All right, next up, uh, Myron wrote, uh, uh, Chris, I, I hope Richard is here. Uh, to hear your statements uh, on the vaccine, <laughs> bless him. We miss him here. If you find him, uh, if if you find him, it just jumped on me. I got to search on the word um, Richard. Hold on a second. Here we go. If you find him, tell him to come back. We're we're all in this together. Yeah, yeah. I had a student uh, that was on this call a couple weeks ago that got really mad at me, and I respect his opinion. We're all entitled to our own opinion. Um. Um, and I'd agree with him if he was right. No, I'm just kidding. No, what, what happened was this. Um, it got a little bit contentious, actually very contentious. Um, so I, I was talking, and I'm, a, I'm an open book. Um, so I was talking about uh, vaccines and how I got the Pfizer vaccine. I got both of the vaccines, right? Uh, and then I wrote, oh, Andre, God bless you. You didn't have to do that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so I, I was talking about... Um, um, uh, booster shots. And so I got both Pfizer vaccines. 
and then um, I, I found that there's been a bit of a side effect. There's part of my body, my toes, whatever, I can't feel. And it might, may or may not be because of that. I'm not sure. Or it might be because I'm an idiot and I walk a million steps a day. But I've done research on it and there are other people out there that have had similar things happen to different body parts. Um, and I, I can't, you know, one data point doesn't make a trend, a couple maybe, I don't know. But my comment was that I'm not getting the booster until it's FDA approved, until I see the, you know, if there's side effects, et cetera. Yeah, so that was what I said. And then Richard got mad at me. Uh, I think he thought I was an anti-vaxxer and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. But Richard was being a bit of a dick. Yeah. All right. But Richard, if you're watching, you're probably not. But but I, I do have love in my heart for you. Thank you. And I respect your opinion. Okay. That was me turning the other cheek. All right, next up, Fabrice wrote, uh, my name is Fabrice uh, Sunborn from Maryland, and I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Every time I hear of somebody from Maryland, I always ask, are you a baseball fan? And if so, I love Cal Ripken. So Cal Ripken was the, the quintessential team player. Uh, he played for the Orioles his entire career, Baltimore Orioles, and he broke Lou Gehrig's uh, records of 2,130 games in a row without taking a break. And that's why they called him the Iron Horse. And before you meet with anybody in business um, for the first time, go to their Twitter profile and see who they follow. If they follow athletes, you know what to talk about, right? So I always try to find something in common right, right away, you know, love for baseball, wherever it is. Uh, but, but thank you so much, uh, Fabrice, for, for being here. And I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I have a number of, uh, of students, actually, uh, from, uh, from Baltimore. Last year, my platinum program, uh, Mo Abramson, a uh, uh, great guy. I love him. I miss him. Uh, he was in the program. Uh, and, and then this, this year, we have uh, uh, Fred Mendoza, who's also uh, from, from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And maybe you next year from Baltimore as well. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. All right, next up, uh, Jacques wrote, uh, I'm wondering where to take profits when selling out of a position in cryptocurrencies. Uh, do you hold it in fiat, meaning paper-based currency? What happens when inflation, hyperinflation occurs? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, first thing I would do is, is this, and I don't know which country uh, my students are from. Uh, I would talk to your accountant to see if you can put cryptocurrencies in your retirement program. Okay, your retirement savings, because if so, then you're going to pay less in taxes, right? Or you'll pay taxes later in the future, I should say. Another thing I want to warn everybody about is when it comes to taxes, governments incentivize us to be long-term focused. And they do that because taxes are usually much higher if you make money on something in less than a year. Okay, the capital gains tax is higher. They, but if you hold something for more than a year, Quite often in many countries, you pay less in taxes. So I would understand that uh, as well. Yeah. And the reason governments do that is they want you to be long-term focused. They, they don't want people to be speculators and they don't want too much volatility in the markets because volatility means fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you, you could stick it in, in, in fiat if it's a stable currency. Um, or what you can do is just, you can use your, your go-to ETF. Like for me, my go-to ETF, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do next, but I'm bullish the markets, is to buy the SPI or, or the Q, or SPY, which is the standard and poor's 500 index. Or I buy the Qs, QQQ is the ticker, which is the, the tech stocks within the NASDAQ. Yeah, yeah. 
or if I'm really, really worried uh, about the economy and the markets, I, I usually go and buy GLD, ticker GLD, which is gold. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and, and Jacques, if I didn't answer that question perfectly, please let me know. Or if you have any additional follow-ups, I'm here to help. Thank you. And it's Thursday, so my neighbor is cutting his grass. I bet you he watches my webcast and he's like, F you, Chris, I'm going to be cutting my grass now. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, Gregory wrote, Chris, can you explain some of the risks on tips such as rising yields and deflation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So deflation, um, so if, if there's deflation, uh, what happens is you, you can't earn a negative return on it. It still is, the base yield is still going to be what the interest rate is. Yeah. But at that point, you'd, you'd sell it and get the heck out of the way. Yeah. If we have deflation, we're, we're in big trouble, which is not, it's not something that's going to be happening for a long time. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, the labor markets are really tight now. It, it's ridiculous. You, you can't find people to work for you. And if you can, um, you have to pay through the nose for it. It's unbelievable. And what's happening is this. So, so globally, from a market signaling perspective, Governments are very worried about COVID, and they should be as well. Uh, even though governments, you know, basically say things are getting better and whatnot, and the media has been pretty tame with it too. Uh, I think some government officials have even called the major networks and said, "Okay, let's we don't want panic." But I, I think that if we'll know that that the COVID situation is getting a lot better when governments start raising interest rates, right? And that would make me feel comfortable. So yeah. Um, but but what's happening is governments all over the world uh, have been mismanaged, a lot of them, okay? um, including the United States, and, and I'll explain why. So what happens usually is, uh, and I'm a patriot too, but, but I'm a realist. Usually when, when the economy is doing well, um, what, what happens is the government raises interest rates, okay? Not too much, but a little bit every now and then. And the reason they do that is because they'll have enough bullets in the chamber to jumpstart the economy. And that's called monetary policy. So if they raise interest rates slowly over time, right, and say it gets up to 6% interest, right, um, which is unheard of for the younger generation, but I, I lived it. It was 20% when I was a kid. It was awful. But if they raise interest rates, say, to 5 or 6%, slowly over time, okay, so very slowly, you know, 0.25% or 25 basis points every couple months or quarter, whatever, then what happens is this. If they raise interest rates a little bit over time, and then they notice, oh my gosh, the economy is falling off a cliff. Things are awful. Well, what the government can do is they can jumpstart the economy by cutting interest rates. Okay? Uh, and it's, it's, it's a fiscal stimulus or a shot to the economy. Okay? And that's called monetary policy. The problem is the government is out of monetary policy bullets all over the world. So the other way that, that governments stimulate the economy is through something called fiscal policy, which means big spending projects, right? Like infrastructure projects and whatnot, which leads to tax revenues and hiring people and all that stuff. Well, you can't really do that many more fiscal policy projects. Otherwise, countries go bankrupt. So governments are out of uh, both medicine, so to speak, fiscal policy, monetary policy and fiscal policy. So what next? It gets a little bit scary. And the governments are basically allowing uh, inflation to run rampant 
And I understand why, and I kind of agree. Uh, they're doing it because they know that COVID is still a wild card. We have no idea what's coming next. And so if you raise interest rates too early and you kill the economy, then you got the perfect storm. COVID and a crap economy. So if you run out of monetary policy and fiscal policy, you run out of both, then you can use the wealth effect. And what that means is this, if rates are zero, then everybody buys stocks because why would you leave money in the bank? And what happens is it's kind of like Adam Smith with the invisible hand to the extent that everybody feels richer and it becomes self-fulfilling, right? And so we're in a bubble, a big bubble right now, absolutely. But if, if people feel richer, then they spend more, which helps the economy. The problem is that interest rates have been artificially low for way too long that we're seeing massive inflation. It's ridiculous. Like I, I bought a, uh, my wife bought a Tesla. It was supposed to arrive this December. They promised it's coming, don't worry, don't worry. And now they just said, oh, April now, right? You can't get components like semiconductors, uh, metals, uh, whatever. You know, everything's in short supply. Even the labor market is in short supply as well. So it's, it's, it's a real conundrum that we're in right now. But I think once the governments around the world start raising uh, interest rates, then that is gonna signal that they're not as worried about COVID uh, anymore. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up I got uh, Mario. Marios wrote here, uh, first time joining your live session. Uh, very interesting, really. Thank you, Marios, I, I appreciate it. And I apologize, I called you Mario before. Marios, you have an S at the end. Uh, you wrote, very interesting, thank you. And you wrote, thanks for sharing all this knowledge with us. Well, thanks for being here, this, this is fun for me. Yeah, I don't have a job, I, I have a passion, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Dapsy uh, wrote, hi, Chris, uh, is your options course on Udemy? It is. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. Let, let me let me go there with you. All right, so I'll share here. And I'm going to go into incognito mode. Okay. And you go to udemy.com. And then you do a search. Actually, just go to categories instead. It'd be finance and accounting. Yeah, it should be here. And that's... Sorry. Okay. Featured coins should be here. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here it is uh, uh, right, right here. Yeah. Um, and it says, I don't know if you saw that. It says hot and new. Okay. That's referring to the course, not me. Okay. Because I'm ugly and old. Yeah. Uh, but you, you can check it out here. It's, uh, it's pretty long. Yeah, it's 29 hours. If you're in my MBA program, it's already been added to your, the fourth semester for y'all. Uh, you can check it out here. Yeah, and let me see the uh, the ratings. I get nervous, man, when I issue a release new course. Um, oh, Jesus, I love you. Um, uh, and, and I see the ratings. It, it's kind of like um, Ratatouille, the movie, when the food critic came into the restaurant. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good. Here's a negative one. Pace is a little slow. But Chris knows his stuff and is very thorough. Yeah. Okay, that's negative. See if there's any more negative ones. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. See more reviews. Yeah, so the only negative thing so far is the pace is slow. So don't sign up because it's slow as hell. You'll hate it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ugly guy though, right? Yeah. Hot and new. 
All right, uh, next up, uh, Nestor wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, is it possible to search a YouTube video based on the speech in the video? I'm asking because it's an interesting application of NLP, which is natural language uh, processing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I closed caption a bunch of my YouTube videos. Uh, it helps with search rankings a lot. Yeah, it's a little, a little hack and it's well worth the money. Go to rev.com, paste your YouTube link at rev.com and, and they'll do it there. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Not yet, not yet. And the reason with my stuff, the reason you can always find it is because I have my team. I'll show you here. So I have my team after after each call. Uh, what they do is within three hours of the call being done, they'll they'll write down all the questions asked at what times and put it in the description field so you can click and get immediate access. Uh, it makes it easier for us workflow wise uh, when we're trying to um, when we're trying to come up with vlogs and stuff. Yeah. So uh, if if you go here and you you type anything, I'll, I'll show you here. So. Um, options, I guess. Yeah, and it usually pings. Yeah. Want to learn more about options? Yeah. Yeah. So so it grabs it uh, directly from uh, from the videos. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you can see here as well, it searches the description. Um, I'm not sure if it searches uh, captions. It should should. And then here's in my MBA pro. Yeah, for those of you in my, my MBA program, um, I've added it to silver, gold, platinum in the fourth semester, uh, the, the option stuff as well. Yeah. All right. That was a shameless plug for my options course. All right. Elias uh, wrote, can I mine in a country, Morocco, where you wrote you're from? Can I mine in Morocco that prohibits trading in electronic uh, currencies? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would assume that uh, if 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 it's illegal to trade, it's probably illegal to mine. Yeah, and, and what some people do, and don't do this if it, if you get in trouble. But in China, for example, about eighty percent of all Bitcoin pool mining is still done in China. Yes, it's illegal, but people use VPNs. Okay, and if you're going to use a VPN. Uh, the one that I highly recommend using, and I learned about this from uh, Marquise uh, Brownlee, who's my, my favorite vlogger of all time. I love that guy. Um, I, I recommend using uh, a, a product called ExpressVPN. Okay. So uh, here it is here. And you buy the license. Uh, and this these guys sponsor, I think sponsor one of the videos from Marquise, which I've never done. And I know it's hurt my growth, but you're my customers, nobody else. Um, but what you can do with ExpressVPN, it's like nine bucks a month, I think. And it, you can put it on all your devices. Okay. Uh, and then um, you can set it up and, and you can actually select what country you're in right now. Uh, and then what you can do is you turn it on. And, and I use this for a couple of reasons. Num number one, uh, when I, I used to go to Dubai and Abu Dhabi uh, every now and then. It's fun to say Abu Dhabi like that. I don't know why. Um, and I want to watch uh, baseball games and the MLB app wouldn't let me. And so I'd use a VPN. And I use this actually when I was in Rwanda uh, recently. The All-Star game was on and I wanted to watch the All-Star game. You know, Vladimir Guerrero, my, my boy from Toronto, hit two home, hit a home run that one. It's amazing. Um, but I use this VPN so I could watch MLB, right? And people do this for Netflix and other reasons too. Um, I also use it because sometimes I want to see how my courses are doing in other markets and how they're being uh, marketed. Uh, and so what I'll do is, is, is I'll enter in a different location in the world and do a search on my courses. Yeah. From an SEO perspective. Yeah, but but uh, Elias, don't don't do it if it's if if you find out it's illegal, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Renvir wrote, "Hey Chris, I'm 18 and I want to start my agriculture business. Great, great to meet you. 
uh, do you have any advice on how to raise money for a business? Yeah, join me tomorrow, okay? Uh, and you can go to this web address here uh, for the webinar on how to sell anything. And I'm very humbled to say I've raised and managed over a billion dollars in my life. Um, I'll teach you exactly how to raise money and how to sell anything, including your, yourself. Yeah, yeah. And there's 49 tips I'm going to be teaching you tomorrow if you just take a couple of them and it helps you uh, with your career in terms of asking for a raise or promotion, selling yourself, then I've done my job. Yeah, it's free. And you don't have to register. Just go to that web address I showed you a second. I'll leave it there for a minute or so. Yeah, um, just, just click on that link and you're, you're good to go. And then, of course, my MBA program, I, you, you know the drill. I go into a lot more detail. Okay. Okay. Dude, if you don't mind, Renvir, I want to ask you a question. Um, so I, I love video games. I love video games. And the one I'm into now, and one of the reasons I'm a bit tired is because I stayed up very late last night. Um, I usually get over eight hours. I got seven hours this time. But I stayed up very late uh, last night uh, playing Age of Empires Part Four, which I love. It's my favorite game ever now. Yeah. But I want to ask you, why are these farming video games popular, right? So there, there's a, a farming simulation game. I, I don't, I, I've never tried it. I'm trying to understand the appeal. If anybody has tried it, I'm not talking about Farmville. Let me show you here. Farm video games. Massive sellers too. Here it is here. Farming Simulator 2022. What is the appeal of this game? Like I'm, I'm trying to understand. I just, I don't get it. Um, so if, if you guys have tried it uh, and there's something, like, let me know. Let me know. Is it like tower defense games or I don't even know. But 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 let me know. Apparently it's it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, next up, uh, uh, Purnachandra. Purnachandra wrote, uh, who regulates the foreign exchange uh, market? Yeah. Uh, governments do. If it's done within certain countries, that, that sort of thing. Um, there's some regulation, right? If, if there's manipulation, governments might get involved, maybe, maybe. But it's not as regulated as other markets. And so what happened was uh, George Soros, uh, who's, who's hated in, in Thailand and parts of the United Kingdom, uh, he made a billion dollars uh, by manipulating the FX markets, by shorting the British pound. He made a billion dollars in one day, and he also made a fortune in making the Thai bot float. And if you're curious about that, I, I did a, a vlog on that. Um, you can always go to my website after you finish playing Farm Simulator. <laughs> uh, you, you can always go to my, my website and do a search. I'll show you. Yeah, whoops. H-A-R, here we go, heroin. Okay, so uh, here you, you, you do, uh, uh, Sor I think I did something on Soros. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Um, how, how George Soros made a billion dollars in one day by breaking the Bank of England with, with Forex. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a free market, but yeah. I, I'm sure if... There's, it's regulated, not as much so as, as other markets, uh, but, but I guess what I'll say is the more left-wing a country is, uh, the more likely that the government will stop any sort of manipulation. Like I'm sure China would stop people from you know, manipulating the, the, the wand or the, the rim and be, yeah. That wasn't a good answer. I'm sorry. That was not a good answer. Okay. Um, uh, Alex said, uh, uh, Chris, do you know of any, do you know good hire and hire rights? Uh, I don't. You wrote, in my previous employment records are a couple months off from uh, uh, HRs. Is this a problem? I mean, HR records don't reflect uh, 
what it's actually involved with. Yeah. Let me answer this a couple different ways. Let's say you started working at a company today and you hate it and you want to quit tomorrow. Just wait until January 1st and then quit. So that on a LinkedIn profile, it looks like it's 2020 to 2021. In terms of trying to explain uh, what you were doing in those two months, um, let me know what you were doing. If, if, you, were, if you were taking care of, of, a, of a loved one uh, that was sick, you can explain it. Um, if you're spending more time with family, you can explain it. Everything is explainable. Everything is. Everything is, yeah. Yeah, and if a company doesn't want to hire you because of two months, they're not worth working at. Yeah, it's a non-event. Yeah, and on LinkedIn, people don't list months anyway. Like people don't usually say February of 2006 to March of 2008, I was at whatever. Um, yeah, it's just years. Yeah. And, and you know what you can do is this, uh, Alex, if you want, um, everything's explainable and I could turn any weakness into a strength. So pretend that you're interviewing yourself right now and type a question to ask yourself and I'll answer it. Okay. Okay. And in tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's event, I'll teach you how to turn a, a weakness uh, into a strength as well. Uh, when it comes to interviewing. Yeah. Or selling anything. You always start with why they don't want to hire you or why they don't want to buy your product. And then you work on the psychology of sales that way. And I'll be talking a lot about this tomorrow when I talk about 49 tips on, on how to sell anything. Okay. Uh, and then Tenzil wrote, uh, uh, sh should we expect a Udemy uh, Metaverse course uh, soon? Yeah, I, I will, once the Udemy, so Udemy is, it's, it's in ed tech, Udemy is, the platform that matters. Udemy is Google and everyone else is, is Bing. Um, sorry for people who work at Microsoft, um, which is made by, Bing is made by Microsoft. But once Udemy has a, a metaverse platform, I will jump right on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's coming or not. I'm not an executive there at all, uh, but um, I bet they'll do it eventually. Yeah. Because it's going to be the coolest way to teach me. I'm so excited about it. Um, being able to, to use 3D modeling and AR and VR to be able to teach and interact with your students and network with each other. Yeah. Okay. Harsh wrote, Chris, you didn't answer my question. Okay. I'm going to do a search on Harsh. I'm going to go back to the top here. Okay. And I'm going to go control F H A R S H. Okay. So you wrote here, um, do you teach everything about arbitrage trading and where can I learn it? Yeah. Um, okay, so arbitrage means a mispriced asset. Okay, so something is undervalued. For example, if a company like SAP uh, is listed on two different stock markets, which is true, they are. They're listed uh, uh, in Germany and they're listed as an ADR in the United States. And if you notice that the price of one of those two stocks is, goes up or down a lot more than the other and there was no change in foreign exchange rates, then that's an arbitrage opportunity. You go long one, you can go short the other. 
Another form of arbitrage is merger arbitrage, and I've worked a lot on this. Okay, so whenever a company, one company is acquiring another, uh, what happens is hedge funds will go short the company making the acquisition, and they'll go long the company being acquired until the gap is, is, is zero, meaning the purchase price and what the stock's at now. And there, it's always at a discount unless there's a bidding war. And I can go to more detail why if you want. So in terms of do I teach arbitrage? Well, I teach about uh, M&A. Uh, I, I teach about financial modeling. I teach about acquisitions um, in a lot of detail. And I teach about shorting stocks in a lot of detail in my MBA program. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and you can learn more about my MBA program right here. Yeah, I do a lot of case studies too. All right, let me do a search for the next harsh. Here we go. Okay. My apologies for missing your question. Okay, and thanks again, Shock. Appreciate that. Okay. Okay, next up we got Manas, who wrote, uh, uh, my, my mentor Tether, a cryptocurrency is getting hyped because it's more like a decentralized crypto. It's kind of like a bank, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so Tether is kind of used as, as a placeholder uh, in order to convert from one crypto to another. That, that's, that's all I view it as, not as an investment, yeah. All right, AJ wrote, uh, thank you for the answer. You can call me AJ. Okay, great. I'll, I'll remember that. Thank you, AJ. Okay. Oh, Satans. Excellent. So Satans is is Mark. Uh, he's uh, one of my favorite students. I love all my students. He's from Detroit, the Motor City. Great guy. He's in my platinum program. Uh, a great trader. And he's got a business model that is so forward thinking. I love it, um, which is mining on asteroids. It's long-term focus. Kind of like Elon Musk, who's talking about colonizing Mars. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And he made that popular before the movie Dune came out. Yeah, and the new, the new Dune movie is better than the old one, but it's a bit slow. It's kind of like The Hobbit, which they broke up into like 8 million movies. And there's a scene at the dinner table in The Hobbit at Bill Baggins' house, which took for like 8 million hours. It's boring. Yeah. So Mark wrote here, uh, Lucid Motors uh, offered a $1.75 billion aggregate principal amount of convertible senior notes due 2026. What does it mean uh, during the SEC uh, investigation? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I own the stock, yeah. Um, so let, let me explain uh, what a convert is in general, okay? So the best way to explain it is to talk about um, startups, okay? And you can also, by the way, I've done tons of videos on, on converts as well uh, with real situations, uh, re real case studies. So let's go to convert. Yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. So, so I talk about it, my, my MBA uh, program. Um, I think I did also, was it Coinbase did a convert? I think so. Let's see here, video answers. Oh, here we go, yeah, yeah. So I did, I did a big um, uh, session on, on when Coinbase did a $1.2 billion, uh, billion convertible debt issuance. So I talk about this in a lot more detail uh, from, from scratch. Uh, but generally speaking, what a convert means is it's like a, like a car, a convertible car. My wife talking to the neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell him to turn his lawnmower off. Um, so uh, it's when you start a company, a lot of times uh, you want to raise money. And um, what you do quite often is like a convertible car. 
uh, you raise debt, okay, that converts into equity. And it usually converts at a 20% discount. So let me give you an example. I'm going to shut my window. Hold on a second here, guys. I've got cameras in the way, so I've got to go under my desk here. All right, give me one second. All right, so let's say you start a company and you're gonna do uh, a round, uh, an equity round, and you're gonna raise money from venture capital firms, but not yet, right? You're, you're probably gonna raise money from venture capital firms next, 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 uh, next year, for example. So you're having trouble getting an investor to invest. And so you find this high net worth investor and you tell this high net worth investor, can you invest? I'm gonna raise money from venture capitalists next year, but can you invest today? Uh, and so the high net worth investor says uh, to you, well, why don't I just wait until when you raise with a venture capital firm? I don't get it. Like, why do I have to be first? And to sweeten the deal, what you do is you tell this investor, okay, if you invest a million dollars, it'll be debt. Okay, so, and I'll pay you uh, 6% interest on the debt. Plus, when I raise money next year from the venture capital firm, that debt will convert into equity at a 20% discount to whatever I value the company at then when I raise money from venture capital firms. So for example, let's say that um, when this high net worth investor invests and uh, she or he gives you a million bucks and uh, the company is valued at $2 million, right? So they own half the company. And uh, they give you a million bucks and you're paying them 60 grand per year, meaning 6% uh, uh, interest. And then next year, remember the, the company's valued at, at, at $2 million today, okay? Or, or, yeah. Next year, when you raise money at a $4 million valuation, this investor's equity is going to convert, okay? Or debt's going to convert to equity. But not at a $4 million valuation. It'll convert the debt uh, at a 20% discount, okay? So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. I think it made sense. Just remember that uh, a convert means equity or debt that converts to equity. Okay. And never get a loan for your company ever when you're starting it. If you are gonna get a loan, get a convert. Yeah, yeah. And if you guys wanna learn more about how converts work and the whole legal process, talk to a lawyer first, obviously, but um, you can go to wsgr.com, okay? Wilson Sonsini uh, is the name of the company and they've got something called a term sheet generator. And, I, and I've hired uh, Wilson Sonsini before in the past here in the Bay Area. They're great in venture capital. Uh, they've got, uh, yeah, it's called a term sheet generator. I always have problems finding it. Let me try again. Term sheet generator. Here we go. And what you can do is you, you, you click through it. Here it is here. You click through it. And it's a great way to learn actually about, about law as well. Uh, you, you click through it. And what happens is a term sheet is created for you. Here it is here. Convertible note sheet generator. Okay, good. Here we go. So you click here and you're going to be asked a bunch of questions. And based on the questions uh, that you answer, a legal document is created for you that's not legally binding. And it's, it's, uh, it's like 10 or 15 pages long. It's called a term sheet. And before you raise money from anybody, um, usually what happens is you provide them with a term sheet, which is, as it sounds, a document that just gives you the terms of the deal. 
So let's go through it. Let's create one here. Um, and I won't go through all the steps. But what you do is, and the reason they give this away for free is because they're, they're upselling, right? It's a freemium product, and of course, they, it's smart. Then you click Next, uh, and then what you do is you enter in all the details. Let me go here. Okay. A lot of legal disclosure, of course, because, you know, they, they are a law firm. Okay, here we go. Good. All right, so the company name. So who asked that question? It was, it was Mark. Okay. So Mark uh, is creating a company that mines asteroids. Asteroid Mining Incorporated. And where are you going to register it? So um, the reason people do Delaware, by the way, you'll hear this a lot. People will say that uh, it's a Delaware registered company. And the reason why people use Delaware to register their company, even if they don't live there, and I've done this a lot, uh, is because uh, the founding fathers, when they were first writing the Constitution, a lot of them kind of ended up living in that area. And so there's lots of lawyers there that can crank out legal documents in an efficient way. That's the best way to explain. It. So I'll, I'll click Delaware, okay? And you can click your guidance on what, what should I do, okay? Um, so anyway, this, yeah. And there's a lot of uh, links you can click on as well to learn more about stuff. Okay, so the maximum amount. So the offering range, uh, range uh, let's say it's a million bucks, okay? Yeah, save and continue. Uh, and then the interest rate, remember we said 6%. Okay. Is it one year? Yeah. Let's, we'll, we'll make it one year because next year we're going to be doing a venture capital round. Okay. Remember, this is for the high net worth investor. We're giving, giving him or her a uh, term sheet. So when's it payable uh, annually? And you can click your guidance on why annually. Okay. Um, can you prepay early? No. Um, yeah. All right. Here we go. Will the notes be convertible into equity securities? Yes. Remember, debt's going to convert to equity. Uh, will they automatically uh, convert? I, I guess. I, I don't know why I would say no, but I'm not a lawyer. Okay. All right, here we go. The next time we're going to raise money is going to be uh, uh, the Series A, okay? The first round. Okay, that's when venture capital firms come in. Remember, this is just for a high net worth investor, this term sheet. A term sheet, basically, as it sounds, is a sheet that outlines the terms of a deal. It's not legally bonding, binding, but once you agree on the term sheet, both you and the other party sign it, then you get your own lawyers involved uh, to do the paperwork on the real documents, which are woo, way over my head. Okay. To trigger automatic conversion, the qualified financing must exceed a certain amount. Um, yeah. Say you want, you want to raise, I don't know, 500 grand uh, in, in the, the VC round. Good. Okay. All right. Save and continue. Okay. The notes will convert into preferred shares. Okay. Not common. Preferred shares means preferential treatment, meaning you don't get as diluted. When you buy shares uh, that are common, which is what all stocks are, you can get diluted. When you invest in private companies, try to invest in preferred. And as the name sounds, you get preferential treatment. Common shares is the lowest of the law. Okay. Save and continue. All right, what is the conversion price going to be? Set it at a discount, 20% discount, okay? So right here, yeah, that's 20% discount. Okay. Okay, uh, then uh, uh, will, will the conversion uh, price be subject to the valuation cap? Um, we don't know what the valuation is going to be yet, but let's just click next. All right, so you guys can go through the rest of this if you want to. And what happens is at the end, when you finish all this, uh, a Word document or in a, a PDF here is created for you. It looks like this, okay? It's pretty cool. All right, so here is the term sheet, okay, for the convert. 
So I'll just look at the blue stuff because that's what we changed there. The issuer is Asteroid Mining, which is Mark's company, uh, which is a Delaware-based company, okay? Um, you're raising a million bucks, okay? Um, and then the interest rate is gonna be 6%. It's gonna be one year, uh, meaning uh, interest is paid annually, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and there's other stuff that we haven't uh, filled in yet, okay? So anyway, check this out if you want to. Just do a search on WSGR and term sheet. It's not the easiest website to find, but I think it's helpful. And I think WSGR does, does a good job, which is why I've worked with them in the past. Yeah. Okay. Holy, that was a long answer, Chris. You asked for a yes or no question. I gave you an encyclopedia. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Isil wrote, I'm from Palestine and I enrolled in six courses of yours and I'm looking uh, uh, for more. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, my, my wife's father uh, is Palestinian. And so um, here's what happened. So my, my wife is half Greek and the other half uh, is, is Palestinian. So, so my kids are 25% Palestinian. My background is I'm half Egyptian, quarter Lebanese, and the other quarter is Scottish, Irish, French, Irish. That's how I, my Irish grandmother got her green eyes. And that's why I'm Catholic, yeah. Uh, but my wife uh, is half Greek, half Palestinian. Um, the only problem with, with the marriage I have it's hard for me to explain, um, is that the code on our American Express card is my wife's mom's maiden name. So whenever I have problems with my Amex, I call Amex and they say, well, what is the code? And, and I'll, I'll say it's a trienda felidas, which is Greek for 30 flowers. And then they ask me to spell it. And I, I, I can't spell. I don't know, man. Uh, so what happened was my, my, my wife's, uh, the Greek side, um, they, they grew up uh, in Santorini. And uh, many, many years ago, there was this uh, volcanic eruption on, on Santorini, which is a beautiful island. And, and so a lot, of, a lot of people passed away. It was awful. Uh, but my wife's uh, side of the family, they got in a boat. And somehow they ended up in northern Israel, right, uh, in, in Haifa. Uh, and, and there's a famous restaurant there you might have eaten at, actually. Uh, it's called uh, Abu Christo, which means uh, uh, son of, of Christopher. Yeah, Abu Christo. Uh, and I visited him in the restaurant recently, actually, uh, a couple of years ago. And God bless Christo, he passed away. Um, and so that, that yeah. Uh, and then my, my wife's dad uh, is Palestinian. And so my, my, my wife's parents met um, uh, in, in uh, I guess it was around Haifa. And then they moved to Canada in 1967, um, right before that war. Actually, around the same time my, my dad left uh, Egypt um, in 67. They, they wanted my dad to, to, to be in the army to fight that moronic war. Um, and then um, my dad bribed uh, an army official uh, to fail his eye physical. He gave him 20 bucks, which is all the money he had. And then he came to Canada as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Mighty Men wrote, uh, hey, Chris, I love the show. Thank you. Thank you. It makes one person. God bless you. Thank you. Will you teach business lending? For the people that are ready to open up a startup, yeah, yeah. Let, let me know if um, if that answer I gave about the convert uh, for Mark Satons uh, is is good enough for, for your answer. If if not, let me know. Uh, but I don't ever recommend getting a loan. Okay, the only loan you should think about maybe getting, uh, and have a lawyer draft all the paperwork first, obviously, is a convert. Okay, so it's debt that converts into equity. Yeah. And the reason I, I say don't get a loan is because a lot of times when you get a loan from, from, from a, a, a bank, you know, banks are chicken. They're scared and uh, they don't take risks. 
And if you're one day late, they can take everything. So of course, register your company name as well so you can protect your children, your family, your possessions, et cetera. And you can go to LegalZoom.com for that. And if you're in another country uh, that where LegalZoom is not available, just uh, type this. What is the Canadian equivalent of LegalZoom or whatever country it is? Yeah. Okay. All right, next up. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks again, Jacques. I appreciate that donation. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, and then uh, Mark wrote, um, uh, Wall Street... Uh, one, how many yachts can you water ski behind? Dude, you got it. You you remember that's right. I I, I mentioned earlier uh, the problem with Wall Street is is we uh, uh, is is uh, around bonus season. People want more. And how many yachts can you water ski behind? I got that from the movie. Yeah, you're right. Wall Street, 1987. Uh, Michael Douglas. Uh, he won best uh, best actor actually for for Gordon Gecko. Yeah. And, and the problem with that movie actually, I think that movie partially caused a 2008 crisis. Here's why. Michael Douglas, after he made that movie, and he feels disgusted by what I'm about to tell you. But when he is, and, and, and Gordon Gekko, who is the, the, the criminal in that movie who went to jail for insider information, uh, was Michael Douglas. Great movie from Oliver Stone, 87. Um, so what happened was after that movie, a lot of people that went to work on Wall Street loved that movie. They knew every line. And Michael Douglas would be walking through New York City and, and people would come up to him and, they, and they'd say, uh, 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 Mr. Mr. Douglas, thank you so much for that movie. Uh, I'm here on Wall Street because of you. Thank you. And, and it's kind of like worshiping, you know, uh, Scarface, you know, say hello to my little friend. Like, it's just, it's not like, it's, it's like the anti-hero. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of greed on Wall Street. I think a lot of people uh, don't have ethics, not all of them, but a lot. And I think that contributed to, to the hype we saw in 08, where there was a lot of criminal activity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And part two, they did a follow-up called Money Never Sleeps. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you'll notice uh, Oliver Stone, his son is in all of his movies. Like Gordon Gekko was holding his son. That was uh, Oliver Stone's son. And then when Oliver Stone made the movie The Doors... Uh, uh, Jim Morrison, when he was a little boy at the beginning, the opening scene in the back of the car. That's Oliver Stone's kid as well. Yeah. Last Oliver Stone thing, I promise. Okay. So Scarface, which is, oh my God, it's a, it's a, it, it is iconic, right? It's entertaining. And, and without it, we wouldn't have GTA Vice City. Uh, but in Scarface, uh, there's that, that scene where Al Pacino comes out and says, say hello, my little friend. <laughs> uh, and he's all drugged up on Coke. It's awful. But he walks through the door and, and, there's the, the fight on the stairs. Oliver Stone was friends and still is friends with Steven Spielberg. And he said to Spielberg, he said, hey man, do you want to direct that scene? So that entire scene, which is iconic, was directed by Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and Andre, thanks again, brother, for that. I appreciate it. God bless you. Okay, Manastro, thank you for, for everything, my, my mentor. Uh, God bless you and your family forever. Uh, see you next week and forever and ever and ever. You're awesome. Uh, three cheers for Project Magoo. Love and support. Lots. I, I love all your icons, especially these ones. God, God bless you, brother. Thank you for that. Thank you. Okay. All right, next up. Oh, Christoph, how are you? So Christoph, a Canadian, I think, right? Liber libertarian is what I recall. Um, uh, and then you said, um, uh, don't buy ticker GLD. By PHYS, it's actually owning physical gold 
allocated. Uh, they actually have the gold, unlike GLD, where it's unallocated and most likely don't have uh, near enough physical in storage. And then PSLV for silver. Yeah, I used to buy a SLW silver Wheaton and SLV also is ETF I go to for, for silver. Yeah, let, let, me, let me actually go there and, and check it out with you, what you mentioned there. All right, let's go to uh, finance.yahoo.com. And then um, I'm going to type in, let me type in, first of all, GLD. Yeah. So I like to see who, who's offering it, right? So um, holdings. Yeah, it's Gold, gold Trust. Yeah. I, I guess what you want to do is you, you want to look at, uh, at the, the underlying company uh, that, that creates this, right? So whoever's offering this, I'm sure it's somebody reputable. Yeah. I can't even remember, but let me let me type up yours. Yeah. So you wrote here P H Y S. Sprott Physical Gold Trust. That's a Canadian. I used to be my client in Toronto. Sprott, if that's the one I know. Yeah. Huh. Profile. Yeah, they're in Toronto. Yeah, they were my client years ago. Sprott. That's right. Oh, they're still around. Awesome. Huh. They branched out into commodities now and ETFs. Interesting. They were just a hedge fund years ago. I remember that, yeah, my client, years ago from Goldman. Um, all right, let, let me look here. All right, it's liquid, good. Let me look at the fees. Maybe there's no fees, I don't even know. So, so what's in this? Let, let me check it out here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of it, but but Sprout is, they're reputable. Uh, they're, they're my client. I, I grew up here in uh, Bramalee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, thanks for telling me about that. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then Christoph wrote, uh, I think that uh, central banks continue to print money and buy up debt and, and eventually stocks and assets. Yeah. And then you wrote, the end game is central banks owning everything and you own nothing and you're happy. Yeah. And you put a smiley face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... What I'm going to say is a bit controversial, but I think, remember all the crazy short squeezes we saw after the market bottom in March of 2020? I think there are government slush funds that buy stocks and they do it so that it drives the market up and you don't have to do very much of it, right? You do it offshore. I'm not going to say which governments. But if, you, if they buy stocks that are heavily shorted, then everybody gives up and hedge funds go long. And what happens is because everybody owns stocks, it's kind of like an invisible wealth effect. People feel good about stuff and they start spending more, which helps the economy. I think that happened, okay? Because back in 2020, when the price of oil went negative, remember that? And everything was, was ridiculously on sale. It is highly illogical to understand what the spark was that caused that rally. I think it's government slush funds. And as Machiavelli said, the ends justify the means. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. Christoph said, by 2030, you will own nothing and, and be happy. Yeah, God, I hope not. I hope we keep our governments in check too. Like I, I have students from... Um, a lot of countries, I'll never name which ones and the students' names, but when I do one-on-ones in my, my platinum MBA program thing, 
during COVID, people said, uh, Chris, it's terrible. Uh, the, the police have sticks and they're beating us for be, being outdoors after curfew. And so in a lot of countries, we've lost some, I don't want to get too extreme here. Uh, we've lost some freedoms because of, because of COVID, right? And I understand that we have to protect people, but we better be fucking sure that once COVID is done, we get those freedoms back. And so if you find that, um, that, your freedoms have been taken away from you. Just small things like you can't go outdoors after a certain hour in the long run or, or like my brother, he lives in Canada. He, he wanted to go to the cottage and he got into the car and the cops want to pull him over and say, hey, if you go any further, we're going to fine you 150 bucks per person in the car, right? Um, now that, that's no longer the case in Canada. But if you find that in your country that certain liberties are taken away, um, you have the right to call your congressperson or your member of parliament, your MP, your government elected official and complain. Yeah. I don't think it will get to that point, but one thing that worries me a bit, let me get some breakfast. One thing that, that worries me a bit is my, my entire life. I was born in 1972, 8 million years ago, but my, my entire life, um, we've been moving away from communism as a society, the world towards capitalism, okay, democracy, which I love. And when I was a baby, Richard Nixon, uh, he, went to, he went to China, and that was very symbolic, right? Starting to open up the market. And then he got fired. Remember, I'm not a criminal. <laughs> um, impeached, I should say. Um, and so my whole life, we've been moving towards freedom of the individual, okay? Uh, democracy. You know, you, you had it in the 80s, the Cold War, you know, came to a halt. The Berlin Wall fell. The 90s was great. Um, China's opening up. And then after, after COVID, we're starting to see a slow shift. And democracy has not been the most popular form of government for most of humanity. Only the past like, couple hundred years when the Greeks invented it. It was called Democratos. But we're moving towards left wing a bit, right? And, and a lot of it is China, but there's other countries as well. And that worries me. It worries me a lot. Um, and so, like, I think one of the reasons why the United States pulled out of, uh, of Afghanistan is because they're, they're, they're refocusing their efforts on anti-communism, so to speak. Um, you can read reports from Stratagas if you want. But it worries me that, that you know, maybe we're, we're moving a little bit too left wing. And so you have the right to speak up you know, and complain to your, your congressperson or, or MP member of parliament if, if you're part of the Commonwealth um, against that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think it'll come to that, but it does worry me a bit. Yeah. And, and, and I'm more of a, I'm a positive person, but I'm a realist as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Christoph Roach, uh, Christoph Roach, watch Monopoly, Who Owns the World? And watch, uh, let me take a, a screen print of this one. And watch uh, uh, Princes of the Yen. See see what's been going on in Japan to understand how CBs uh, uh, pump asset values up into the bubble. Yeah, yeah. And Japan had kind of their their, their own issue. Um, so uh, the Nikkei reached an all time high just before 1990, uh, and then the 90s was a lost decade for Japan. And Japan, it's tragic. I, I love the Japanese economy. You know, I I, I did Japanese equities at Goldman years ago. Uh, I worked on, at that point, the biggest IPO in history, which was $18.3 billion NTT Docomo IPO, ticker 9437. Um, but but the, the problem is that in Japan, you know, the, the, the birth rate's negative. 
and there's like around 130 million people in Japan. And, and if this keeps up, then we're going to have only 80 million people in Japan in 30 or 40 years. It, it, it's, it's, it's frightening, actually. Yeah. 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 I love Japan. I want to I want to go to I want to I hold an annual alumni event for my MBA program. Uh, and this year we're doing December 18th. I've rented the best museum here. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people are coming from out of town, too. Um, it's going to be a blast. Um, but what I want to do is one year, I want to be able to do it uh, in Japan. Um, and so next year we might do Barcelona, but I want to do Japan one year and I, and I want to rent part of that Nintendo world. It should be a blast. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, Edit Solution wrote, uh, uh, Sir, I'm a big fan of, of your teaching. Thank you. Chris, please. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and uh, Christoph wrote, um, I've heard that uh, Proton VPN is truly anonymous. They do not store anything. Yeah. yeah I've never tried that. I use ExpressVPN, which, which has served me well. It's been, it's been good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Renvier wrote, uh, you get the thrill of farming without getting your hand dirty. Okay. Okay. I got you. Okay. That was the, regarding the farm simulation I was talking about earlier. Okay. The thrill of farming. Yeah. Yeah. The only farming I do in video games is when I play Age of Empires. The Age of Empires Part 4, where you got to build up a city and farm and go to war and stuff. It's fun. Okay. Um, uh, next up, Eric wrote, uh, uh, the, the first farming game was Harvest Moon in 1997 for the Super for SNES. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the most widely, uh, 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 the most popular, I should say, um, uh, farming uh, game currently is Stardew Valley on all platforms, which is an homage to Harvest Moon. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Give me one second here. Okay. So Myron is next. Myron wrote, uh, Chris, how do you manage the time allowed on computer games for your kids? I'm, I'm pro computer games, but many people find them a destruction uh, from education and kids. Yeah. It's, it's hard, man. Like I, I found that with, um, it's, it's partially COVID. Um, these are my, my kids here. They're, they're older now. Okay. A bit older and we're all wearing blue today. I got the memo. <laughs> um, but but this guy here, uh, he's older now. But these two guys, uh, during COVID, um, they, they had to, for over a year, they had to actually stay home. The, the public schools weren't open here. Uh, and the way they bonded with their friends and each other was these two guys, uh, they would play Fortnite. And I wouldn't let this guy do Fortnite, right? Because it was like, you know, guns and stuff. And then eventually he was being kind of alienated by his brothers and all his buddies were playing Fortnite. So I, I let him play Fortnite. Um, and then what, what happened was, and, and also GTA, I know it's terrible. All his friends play it and he's old enough to know what's right and not right. Although it kind of makes me question my, my, my parenting when he comes up to me and he says, dad, I just pulled off this awesome heist. You're going to love it. Come check it out. Yeah. But he was being alienated, right? And, and I think not allowing kids, to, that's how they socialize the younger generation is through video games. They, they, that's just how they do it. And, you know, what, 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 what upsets me is, is in China, for example, it's now against the law to let your kids play video games. Nobody under 18 is allowed to play video games during the week. And on weekend, only one hour. Like, fuck you. They tell me what to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not fair. Sorry for swearing there. Um, uh, especially given the fact that in China, um, you know, there's a, a one child per family policy. It's no longer there. 
but because of COVID, they stay home. Now they can't socialize. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with it. As long as they, number one, they're res respectful of God. Uh, number two, uh, they get good grades. That's all I care about. Then do what you want sort of thing. Yeah. 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 But I don't, uh, it's different, I guess. My kids are lucky because I'm a gamer as, as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, JTF2 wrote, uh, I'm starting a supplement company. Okay, cool. Uh, we're going to sell through Amazon and try going to local. And I take a lot of supplements. Right. A lot. So uh, just vitamins and herbs uh, throughout the day. Yeah. Um, I, I do a lot of biohacking. Uh, and then you said, we're, we're going to sell through Amazon and we're going to try going to small local pharmacies. Uh, any ideas for unique ways that we can get uh, the word out? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. So I, I think the best way to advertise your product uh, is to become a thought leader and to vlog a lot. And so what you want to do is you want to create YouTube videos or you want to write articles every week on, on supplements, etc., and why it can help enhance your life. And then what you can do is once you write 100 articles on LinkedIn once per week for two years, put it into a book, like I mentioned before, uh, and then you can vlog on all 100 of those as well, once per week or whatever it might be. And that's free advertising. But it's, as Gary Vaynerchuk calls it, it's a sharing economy and you have to give. And if you help others, what happens is there's positive karma involved. And if you give, you'll receive. It's prophetic. It's been true since the beginning of time. So I think your social media strategy is crucial. Um, and, and you got to have a, a, a long view with it. Like, don't just do a couple of videos and see that you don't have any viewers and you give up. Right? You, you got to be committed. Right? Help people. Help people understand biohacking and how to, I don't know, enhance their lives through supplements. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, talk to your lawyer first, obviously. Just, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but I think that making YouTube videos makes sense. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah, and it costs you nothing because YouTube is the only gold rush in history where it costs you nothing to make the product. And YouTube is also the only gold rush in history where you get automatic access to potentially millions of customers for free. Yeah. And then you wrote, we're a Canadian company too, by the way. Awesome. Very cool. Love it. I like it a lot. All right. All um, right. Uh, and then uh, Christoph said, uh, uh, read the fine print on, on GLD, then F-P-H-Y-S. Yeah. And I guess with GLD, it's, it's, I think it's a reputable company behind it uh, that, that offers it. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you're investing in GLD, you're investing in the full faith and confidence of the company uh, that makes a GLD. Kind of like the United States. The United States dollar used to be based on gold. Now it's based on nothing. It's based on the full faith and confidence in the U.S. government. That's why I always love to look at management teams. Yeah. Uh, and then Christoph wrote, Sprott is the best for commodities, especially gold and silver. Uh, go to their website. Now, they're, they're great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Yeah. A lot of Canadian companies are awesome uh, at, at natural resources because Canada is very wealthy when it comes to natural resources. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, and you'll find that when the price of oil goes up a lot in all commodities, so is the Canadian dollar and the Australian dollar and the Brazilian Raya. And the reason is because if China, for example, wants to buy commodities from Canada, well, what happens is in order for China to do that, they have to convert their currency, the renminbi, into Canadian dollars, then buy those commodities. And so the increase in demand for the Canadian dollar by Chinese government buying 
drives up the price of the Canadian dollar. And so again, when it comes to Canadian dollar, Brazilian riyadh, and the Australian dollars, three natural resource rich economies. When natural resources go up in price, so do their currencies as well. And then Mark wrote here, check out Aaron Russo. Let me screen print that. Uh, 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 check out, uh, uh, check out uh, Aaron Russo, producer of Trading Places on Project Camelot show on YouTube. Oh, dude, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a great movie too with uh, Eddie Murphy, right? That's with uh, on trading options and futures. Yeah, with Dan Aykroyd too, who's a Canadian. A lot of Canadian love today. Okay, next up we got uh, Dowd who wrote, uh, thanks Chris, I'm 20 and I feel smarter than 90% of the world by watching the watching awesome people like you on YouTube. Oh, thank you. No, no, thank you. God bless you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not smart. I remember, man, when I, uh, I was so insecure. Like I, I went to, when I worked at Goldman Sachs years ago, uh, when I first got my job there in my 20s, I came down from Canada and I was terrified. And I remember the only song I heard in my head there was uh, was by Nirvana from their MTV Unplugged album, I Think I'm Dumb. And when I was at Goldman, I remember in the, in the train program initially and I was down there, I thought to myself, okay, Chris, if you don't say anything, people might just think you're dumb. But if you talk, they'll know you're dumb. And I got to a point where I, I boosted my confidence. And if you're curious on how to boost your confidence, you can sell anything. Join me tomorrow at this, uh, this webcast, okay? Uh, we're gonna do a, a couple of incredible exercises that's gonna boost your confidence and you'll feel really empowered as well. So you can sell anything, including yourself or your products or services. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a, a, a game changer, I hope. Thank you for that. All right, uh, Antonio Ventura, how are you, Antonio? Great to see you. So Antonio Ventura, he's uh, in, my, uh, uh, in my Platinum MBA program, a great guy. Thank God bless you for the feedback you gave me on the options Excel spreadsheet. Uh, I fixed that issue and I appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. And, and Antonio was, uh, was on the two day events. I had the 20 hour webcast on Friday, Saturday, December 3rd and 4th when I was teaching options. Yeah. You're the best. Thank you. Yeah. I figured it out too, buddy. Yeah. I figured it out. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and then, uh, Antonio wrote, uh, regarding uh, foreign exchange trading, uh, what are the key factors that an investor needs to be aware of? Any thoughts? Yeah, it's hard, man. And I'm not like the only reason I think you should trade or transact in the foreign exchange markets, the FX markets, is if you're trying to hedge yourself. Like, let's say that, I don't know, you're, you're like what, what SAP does is uh, SAP sells uh, in euros, obviously, a German company, but they sell also in dollars, uh, dollars in the United States and they hedge themselves uh, in case the euro falls versus the dollar. So that's the only way I would think about it that, from that perspective because trying to, trying to predict what a currency is gonna do is hard, man. It's tough because what you're doing is you're, you're getting fooled by randomness because changes in, in, in currency values relative to others quite often is based on geopolitical events, things you just can't forecast. Yeah, but if you're gonna do it, uh, I would I would read every FX article there is every day at FT.com, the Financial Times. Yeah, and you guys know you can all get the FT for free. If you want me to explain how again, I, I could show you how. Yeah. yeah, I don't have sponsors. 
All right, uh, and then give me one second here. All right, next up, I got uh, Sayan who wrote, Hi, Chris. Uh, hey, man. Uh, what do you think about the gold standard as the checks on inflation, unbacked, unbalanced lending, government spending, uh, and, and debt? Yeah, so the US dollar was on the gold, was, was, it was based on silver first up until uh, the early 1900s, and then it was based on gold. Uh, now it's based on just confidence in the US government, of which I have a lot. Um, I mean, the United States government and one of my platinum students, uh, Peyton uh, Kalawahea, um, uh, told me this. He said the government has increased the amount of currency out there, U.S. government, by about 30% year over year, the M1. It's crazy. Um, and so, you know, governments are forcing us to, you know, invest in other asset classes, which helps the wealth effect, like the stock market, et cetera. Yeah. But I think cash is trash. It's the worst investment you can ever make. And it's not fair. Like you, you work your, your tail off your whole life to make a lot of money and the government can dilute you. It's just not fair. And so you have to be proactive from an investment perspective uh, and invest globally and in different asset classes. Never just sit on cash. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Christoph wrote, I don't necessarily relate myself to any particular political party or ideology because just find a, some in common with liber libertarians, like uh, minimal government and live and let live kind of way. Yeah, I believe in small government as well. That's why I love Ronald Reagan. He was amazing, best president ever. Yeah, yeah, small government is great, yeah. Um, and I also believe in term limits. Um, yeah, and, and I wish Canada had that as well. Unfortunately, I don't. Um, Demian, how are you? So Demian is one of my amazing um, um, uh, platinum students. He was on the, in the Silver MBA program. He upgraded recently to join platinum. He's going to join us on December 10th uh, as well. Uh, he's from Mexico originally. Uh, he now lives with his wife and daughter in Barcelona. He's a great guy. So Demian wrote, uh, Dear Chris, uh, good morning. Good morning to you too, brother. Uh, like any Thursday, an amazing opportunity and experience to learn. Um, I, I, and I learn a lot from the question of my, my, my students. Yeah. Keeps me, keeps me up to date on current events, too. You wrote, thanks for uh, sharing your knowledge. Uh, by the way, I'm from Venezuela, not Mexico. Oh, I'm so sorry. I love Mexico, too. Big hug. Uh, dude, here's why I... Oh, my God. I'm such an idiot. Okay. Here, here's why. I t the first time I talked to you, I remember, I, I saw your last name, and I mentioned Fernando Valenzuela, who is an amazing pitcher uh, from Mexico. That's my bad. And I remember telling you also that you have to buy... Uh, Fernando Valenzuela shirt uh, for for jersey for for you and, and your kids. Let, let me show you here. Fernando Valenzuela. It's the coolest last name ever. Yeah. Here he is, dude. He was amazing. Like he was in the early '80s. Um, he was the best baseball pitcher out there. But by, by yeah, by a mile. Somebody's got to make a movie about him as well. He, he was great. That's right. His his manager was Tommy Lasorda. God bless him. Time sort of passed away a couple of years ago. Okay. I'll remember that. Okay. And that's easy to remember because the last name is, is similar. Uh, Venezuela and Valenzuela. Okay. Thank you. Big hug right back. Back at you, brother. Thank you. All right. Christoph wrote, uh, I'm definitely pro-free market capitalism. No government interference. Government should be very minimal in society. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I do think that, that government, <clears throat> I'm definitely a capitalist, but I think they, they serve a, a noble um, 
they have noble intentions, like uh, regulating markets to decrease the amount we get scammed. Yeah. The problem is, when you give a, <clears throat> a, a body, like a government, too much power, they don't like giving it up. It's just, it's human nature. Yeah. That's why this whole COVID uh, um, uh, freedoms thing is, 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 is upsetting to me. Yeah. David Yerman, it's been, it's been a couple months. How are you, buddy? Uh, she wrote, uh, I'm in the place to be. Chris, thank you again. You're most welcome. Great to see you. Every time I see your name, I remember my wife who bought fake jewelry uh, that was called David Yerman uh, jewelry. Remember, it, it, in New York. Yeah. 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 And the ring I gave her for when I proposed was a, a cubic zirconia, I think, something like that. Yeah. Kidding. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, and then Christoph said, but we don't have free market. We have crony capitalism. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no perfect system. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do worry about Canada, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and then Demian wrote, I'm so excited to attend uh, the How to Sell Anything web class uh, tomorrow. Thank, thank you for that. You wrote, you're, you're most welcome. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm challenging myself to teach something different. Um, and then after that, I got to write my graduation speech uh, for the graduation event, which is December 18th. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you're in the gold or, or platinum program um, and, and you're going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, just send and, and you want to join a graduation, just email support at haroonventures.com if you haven't already gotten an email about that. It, it'll be fun. Yeah. All right, next up, we got Jacques, uh, who wrote, uh, I'm struggling to understand the role of stable coins. You know, what's the point of a coin that's redundant to fiat? Uh, any thoughts on, on the role they, they, they play? Yeah, you have to give me an example. If you're talking about Tether, for example, it's kind of used as, as, a, as a placeholder to convert from one crypto to another. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Christoph wrote, uh, yeah, me too. I wish I was American Chris. No, I'd move to Texas or Florida too. Yes. I, uh, yeah, don't mess with Texas. I wish Texas brought their damn tax code to California. Yeah. Yeah. And Florida's got great taxes too. And that's what's well, basically, you're Canadian. Um, so, you know, Florence is, you know, la deuxième belle province. That's the 11th province. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of my heritage. Yeah. 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 But, but I do wish that, um, I do worry about, um, a bit about socialism up there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to get there. Yeah. Okay. I just wish there were term limits, and that's that's not me saying I'm I'm pro PC or which is progressive conservatives, or or pro uh, uh, liberals. Yeah, definitely anti NDP, massively anti uh, NDP, which is basically the Communist Party in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Tony Robbins. So he used to. Um, he used to live in California for years and taxes just got crazy. He's like, screw it. And so he moved to, moved to Florida because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm noticing a lot of my friends here, man, in the tech sector, like they're, they're moving to Florida. They're moving to Texas as well. Like Austin's going to become a big powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. You vote with your feet. I'm staying here though for now. My, my kids are in great public schools. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and then, uh, Paulina wrote, uh, V-A-R-X uh, tech. Let, let me know what, what that means. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, 
All right. Um, uh, Christoph wrote, how risky do you think uh, that these options are for people to store uh, their Bitcoin uh, in one of these entities that pays an 8 to 10% uh, dividend? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with 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 that. Uh, let me know if that's an investment vehicle, and if it has a ticker, let me know. I can I can look it up here uh, and do a quick analysis on it for you if if you want. Yeah. Uh, and then you wrote uh, about, you wrote something about people borrowing money uh, off their Bitcoin. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's based. That's like margin. That's dangerous. Yeah, never. I'd never do it. Yeah, it's kind of like when you when you open an options account and you want to transact in options, you have to open a, a margin account as well in case you. Um, I won't go there, but if if you want, I can talk about options in more detail. Yeah, but I'm definitely not a fan of of doing anything invol- involving leverage when it comes to stocks. Yeah, or, or cryptos, and a lot of um, hedge funds went belly up in the fall of 2008 because they were massively massively levered. Okay, uh, meaning for every dollar they had in assets, they had many dollars invested in the market. Um, dangerous, you know, and derivative products products are even more dangerous. And Warren Buffett called them uh, derivatives, uh, uh, financial weapons of mass destruction, which I talk about in my, my options course in a lot more detail. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, uh, Julian, hey, Julian, uh, wrote, hey, Chris, um, what do you think of the space industry? And thanks for the great content as always. Yeah, no, no, thank you for that. Um, it's hard to invest in. I'm definitely bullish longer longer term. There aren't that many pure plays. I think uh, SpaceX is going to be going to be the first notable IPO in that sector. Um, I'm bullish. I'm bullish. And that's the kind of stock that will do well in the long run, but won't have profits forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the final frontier, I guess. Yeah. Or they say Africa is the final frontier here on Earth. Yeah, the, the next big uh, market to to to, to, to invest in. Um, but no, I'm a, a yeah. I'm all for it. I just don't know of that many investments that are, that are tied to space. Yeah. I've, I've looked a lot and done a lot of due diligence over the years when I worked in venture capital on satellite-based companies. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Christoph wrote, yeah, the, the, uh, this growing space sector, it looks like it could go to the moon. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love my students to the moon and back. Yeah. Julianne, thanks for the high five right back at you, buddy. Okay. Um, uh, and then Christoph wrote, I own stock in a Canadian company that hasn't been IPO'd yet. It's called Maritime Launch. Oh, cool. cool. You got it. You got it. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my first notable investment was when I was younger. I was, uh, I think I was 19 or so. I, I started a lawn care company and um, what I don't do this, but I, I started a lawn care company, just cutting grass. Obviously it's pretty, pretty easy, but which is fun. Uh, but I got a loan. I remember a student venture capital loan. Uh, from the Canadian government, right? And I got that loan. It was three thousand dollars interest free. They gave me the money in March, or no, it was uh, it was in May of of, um, of nineteen ninety when I graduated high school. Uh, actually, I was eighteen. Yeah. Uh, and then what I did was uh, I started my company. I bought lawnmowers, three grand interest free loan. Six months later, I was supposed to pay it back. I didn't. What I did was I invested in this. Uh, it was my first venture capital investment. Um, this this company called Spectral Diagnostics. Um, and the ticker used to be SDI, uh, which people joke st- stands for Speculative Doctors Incorporated. Uh, but but it was private. I sold it when it went public. I, I had a good um, a good exit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was my private investment in Canada. Yeah, and I've been approached a lot to invest in marijuana companies that are private in Canada. Tons over the years. I just can't do it. I just I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it because you know winners don't do drugs. Champions do. 
I, I just can't do it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do believe in medicinal marijuana. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then Jacques wrote, uh, for example, uh, why use Tether when it's just an, as easy to convert a U.S. dollar and trade your asset? Uh, what's its value proposition? If cash is trash, why park it in a duplicate of it? Yeah, yeah. So on some, on some cryptocurrency exchanges, um, you, you can't just convert U.S. dollar and buy cryptos. So a lot of times what you do is because Tether is accepted in a lot of places, you could convert it into Tether and then use the Tether to buy another crypto. Yeah, it's like getting a calling card. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just it's just a a means for tr for transacting a, in, from going from cash to tether to something to crypto, because you can't just use dollars dollars to buy cryptos on on many websites. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Like for I'll, I'll show you an example. <clears throat> so uh, I, I looked into this this company. Um, so I'm going to go to the, the the website of Tops. Okay, which they make uh, hockey cards, and baseball cards. Uh, and they're going to actually, um, I, I did a really interesting vlog actually on, on tops. Um, and, and I show you what's happening with tops and NFTs, right? So basically what, what's happening is tops, um, they, they, they got into the NFT market. Okay. Uh, and I explained NFTs in more detail through that. Um, and then here they had to cancel their IPO because major league baseball just canceled, uh, their contract <laughs> with tops, which they've had since the 1950s. But anyway, I went here uh, to buy um, uh, to, to, to buy NFTs, right? Everyone's getting into it. Smart, actually. Yeah. And Michael Eisner, who's a big investor in Tops, he was just he's so pissed off that um, that Major League Baseball didn't didn't resign with them. Yeah. Eisner used to run Disney forever. Yeah. So, so um, you can buy NFTs here, but the way to buy a Tops-based NFTs. Um, is um, you have to use a special cryptocurrency. That's the 86 tops. Yeah, yeah. You have to enter a, a certain cryptocurrency. Um, and then what you do after you enter, uh, uh, you, have to, you have to use, I'm sorry, Wax, um, which, which is the name of, of a crypto, which is an homage to Wax Packs. So I think it was Wax.io where, where I got them. Yeah, here it is here, blockchain. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, and this will explain Tether in more detail. Now, before you can buy a lot of these NFT sports cards, um, you have to use a crypto called Wax. And in order to get the Wax crypto, um, you can't just enter a, a credit card or, or convert US dollar to it. Uh, what you have to do is you have to use a cryptocurrency to buy Wax. And so Tether is just kind of a, a placeholder to be able to, to do that, so to speak. Yeah, another Canadian, William Shatner. All right. Okay. Um, uh, next up, the, the British Empire uh, uh, wrote, uh, man, I, I really uh, love your videos. I learned a lot from your videos. Thanks a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I play as the British Empire now in uh, Age of Empires Part 4. It's awesome. You get to learn about history as well when you play that game. Okay. Next up, we got uh, Chris uh, Christoph. who wrote, Chris, which exchange is best for, ca for Canadians to buy buy cryptos? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, Coinbase, I, I, I guess. Um, yeah, I, yeah, Coinbase is great. Um, I, I don't really know of of any that are just focused on Canada. I know ones that are they're more international focused. Yeah. 
All right, next up, Mark wrote Stephen Cohen. Um, and for those of you not familiar with Stephen Cohen, uh, Stephen Cohen um, uh, started a big, a big hedge fund uh, called SAC, um, which stands for Stephen Alexander Cohen, um, which, which did incredibly well. And then uh, the government shut them down because of insider information. Uh, and they called me a number of times and tried to hire me. And I remember I went up to Connecticut uh, to interview with them just because I was curious. Not that I want to work there, right? <laughs> but I, I remember I went up there. I walked through the parking lot and there's Ferraris everywhere with 20-something-year-olds. And then I walked into the front lobby um, and I had to walk in, in Connecticut at their headquarters. I walked through a shark that was cut up in pieces. Remember, the, you know, people did that art, bizarre art, shark. Um, and then I walked in for the interview and they... They tried to get me to give them information on what my fund, my hedge fund I worked at at the time, owned. I'm like, screw you. So you wrote here, Stephen Cohen um, uh, had to leave SAC Capital, but he owns 0.72 Asset Management. Yeah, I have a lot of friends there. And I said, uh, and he wrote, I thought he was banned from trading, could only trade his own money. Yeah, I don't know the loophole there. Of course, he bought the New York Mets. Um, I don't know the loophole. Yeah, I'm not sure. Excellent. Christoph wrote, thanks for your time. Well, thank you all. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, I want to thank you all for your time. For those of you in my gold and platinum MBA degree program, uh, I will see you at, at 11.20 my time in about 20 minutes for our gold and platinum office hours. I also have a bunch of one-on-ones with, with a lot of my platinum students today. Um, I, I'd love to have you all come uh, to, to my events uh, tomorrow on how to sell anything. You could see it right down here, how to sell anything. Here's the, the web address right here. It's reversed, yeah. Um, if, if you if you found this was helpful, please like and, and subscribe. Um, and um, my my vlogs drop every day at eight or <coughs> eight or nine a.m. my time. God bless you all. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And I'll see you next Thursday. And almost every Thursday, I'm going to be taking a couple weeks off uh, for Christmas vacation. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks guys. Take care. Again, I'd lo love to see you tomorrow. All right, thanks. Thanks, Jacques. Uh, uh, thanks, David. Thanks, uh, Christophe. Thanks, everybody. I, I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. And as I always do, I end it with this video uh, that I licensed uh, from the Silicon Valley Historical Association. When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your, your life is just to live your life inside the world, try not to bash into the walls too much, uh, uh, try to have a nice family life, uh, have fun, save a little money. Um, but life, that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can, you can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it, um, that's maybe the most important thing, is to shake off this, uh, this uh, erroneous notion that life is, is there and you're just going to live in it, versus embrace it, change it, improve it, make your mark upon it. Um, I, I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, uh, you'll want to change life and make it better because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Um, once you learn that, you'll never be the same again.
Well, that ends this week's podcast. I want to thank you very much for your time. If you want to download my latest book for free or get access to coupons on my courses or learn more about my MBA degree program and much more, please visit haroonventures.com. Again, that's haroonventures.com. Thanks again for listening in.